I know, does anyone else realize that, like, Barb had to have had a GPS system, like, when she did this? Like, okay, turn left on Forest, right on <laughs> Where are you, Death? Where do you Where do you come from? Massachusetts. Oh, you're in Massachusetts, too? Yeah, we're neighbors. I, I don't detect any kind of particular accent from him, so I was trying to think, oh, that's so funny. That's because I, I have a cold. Hi, Sue, are you For Saturday, December 5th, 2009, this is episode 94 of Potterfic Weekly. Welcome to the place where the story never ends. The next time you're freaked at me for calling you out on the Quidditch pitch, just remember that time that you stole my chocolate cauldron and declared your love for the bill. And welcome back to Potterfic Weekly. I'm Sue. I'm Melinda. This is Death Roll. And tonight we are starting uh, The Triangle Prophecy by Barb, Harry Potter and the Triangle Prophecy, and are going to be doing the first ten chapters. It will be a very interesting night. I have not read these chapters in many years, and I'm going off of notes. <laughs> I read this fic ages ago. It was one of the first, the, the earliest fics that I ever read. Um, Same here. And I read it because it was, by the time I got to Triangle Prophecy, it was still being posted. So I read the earlier chapters, these ones that we're doing tonight, over and over and over. I loved them. Um, so, so some of them I, I haven't read in a- ages. Um, so I so I redid a, a quick reshuffle this morning, but they're they're fun. I don't get the chapter titles. I have to say that the chapter titles because I was I remembered certain things that happened, but usually I can tell by the chapter title to go back to find certain things that I liked that I want to read again. These chapter mm-hmm. titles didn't make any sense to me at all. Well, the first one, shelter. That I suppose that could go with the roof. That's uh, true. Suppose. Yeah, I suppose there's some meaning in there somewhere. It's just, I, I had difficult, I'm sure smarter people figured it out, but I had trouble with this. What's up with the one word for the title? Shelter, facade, walls, windows, fortress, signs, undermining, arena, cathedral, and cathedral asylum. Yeah. 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 Yes, yes it is. I got a big kick out of Harry having to fix the roof. I don't know about you, but just the idea of that, that just seemed so so wrong in a way, but it was funny. It's, I was amused It's, it's so it. over the top. I mean, <laughs> Vernon has clearly lost his mind. Oh, yeah. And just he just has had so much fun with the whole, uh, you know, he ordered Harry to do it. Harry said, uh, no way. And then he oh, came yeah? up with a way to make well, him do we'll it. Well, we'll see about that. Filled holes all over his, his head. Yeah, yeah, it's it's like okay, I I get that Harry is a freelance landscaper. Apparently, he now owns his own construction company. <laughs> yeah. Why didn't Harry just move his bed? <sighs> well, didn't he? Be- because the plot <laughs> says so. That's why. <laughs> For the last that two podcasts, that has been our running answer to so many <laughs> questions. Well, why didn't this happen? Well, <laughs> because the character has no common sense, apparently. That must be it. Uh, yeah, and it's it's bad. I know that um, at some point Mike's been reading this because Ryan said something about he got a Skype message from Mike saying something about a drill. And he had no idea what Mike was talking about. And this seems <laughs> to be the only thing. The drill it must be it, drilling. It was for the first it was for the first uh, set of chapters for the Time of Good Intention. Mike started reading Triangle Prophecy. 
Oh, you read the first, the third one first. Yeah. Okay. Well, no, second. But yeah, we were moving on from Harry Potter and the Plaid Slytherin, according to Mike. <laughs> Of course. And, <laughs> and he started right in on Triangle Prophecy, and he's very confused about what's going on. And yeah, I, was, obviously- I was just about to say, how can you start with this and understand any of these things? They're not well, even the same no. people they were. He quickly realized that he had made a mistake after about six chapters, and... <laughs> He, he we we corrected him on that and he he read the right things but yeah, yeah that that's just scary I, I like the quote um it, apparently it's harry was startled when his uncle suddenly came jogging down the stairs and a naturally happy grin on his face and a grunting's drill in one hand upon seeing harry he turned his smile on him and harry had to fight the urge to recoil so that's after he's been up drilling holes in the ceiling. Yeah, Vernon smiling is just scary. Scary, it's very scary. I did like the way Aberforth, I forget what his name is in this fic, but I like the way he works over Dick. Vernon when they all decide to help him. Yeah, Dick Aberforth. Yeah, he tells them that, that they're going to need some stout when they're done. <laughs> so yeah. that sends Vernon off to the packy, you know? It was pretty funny. Yeah, and I like that when they start it, um, they, they tell Harry that they're going to give him some help and they start setting up and crawling up ladders and surprise Petunia in the bathroom. <laughs> <laughs> she doesn't have privacy glass in the bathroom. Appar- apparently not. And, apparently and not. Comes- well, if it's on a second floor, you really don't think you need it. Uh, yeah, it's true. Still a good idea. <laughs> and, and, uh, the other quote is Vernon here now, what the hell do you think you're about peeping at my wife while she's doing private things in the privy in the privacy of her private bathroom? Never heard of privacy. And who the hell are you lot? <laughs> so that's when he finds out, but you know, he's got the whole crew now for free. Just going to cost him a little stout. That's, that's a up. good deal. I yeah. like the sticking up for Harry that way though. Oh, yeah. yeah. Well, Harry's been one of the lads for a couple of years now. Mm-hmm. Yeah. He works hard. He does. He busts his butt. And in fact, I could use him at my place. <laughs> we need a, a landscaper at my house right now. That would be a good thing. Since when do landscapers fix roofs, though? I don't know. And why would Vernon even think that Harry would be able to fix a roof? I mean, that roof? seems like something you need somebody that actually knows what they're doing. It's not an odd job. I mean, it's a huge job. Yeah, it's a huge trust your 16 year old nephew to you know, give you a new roof. It just seems odd. Well, it is a huge job to do, but it's not tremendously complicated. Uh, I've never actually had to do it, but I think I could figure out how to do it. I mean, all you really got to do is take off the old shingles, take off the old paper, put new paper up over it and lay down new shingles. Just as long as you start from the bottom, I think you're good to go. Yeah, you just have to know which way to do it, because if you do it wrong, then you're going to have water coming in the house. Maybe Harry is going to do it wrong. Maybe that's part of his whole plan. He probably doesn't care in the end what happens once he's done. Shortly, he's out of there. Yeah. I would deliberately have sabotaged the place if I'd been him, but... We, Did you notice much better than that. difference in Petunia and Vernon at all? Though I would have expected after the death of their their only child that it would somehow affect them. Well, more. I don't think they're really dealing with it. I think they're hiding from all that resolution that they actually need to have. By they've got this dog who is what a Yorkshire Terrier, if mm-hmm. I remember correctly, and. That's basically Dudley. His name is right. Dunkirk, and yeah. he's a spoiled little bastard of a dog. 
And, and Petunia doesn't even treat Vernon good anymore. I mean, everything is completely focused on that dog. He gets the sausages at the breakfast table and, you know, Vernon can get whatever he wants. <laughs> yeah, I, I like folks. that. Vernon has to fend for himself. <laughs> yeah, and this dog's just a, a real piece of work. He is. How did this dog get so mean? I don't know. Well, didn't they say that they Harry didn't Harry say that he thought that Petunia spent the day like showing the dog pictures of him and then torturing the dog so that he would attack Harry with uh, the song? That's something like probably that. Probably pretty reasonable. Although here's a thought that just came to me: uh, What if they got it from Aunt Marge? Well, I you know I, I think yeah, they she's did. Big on her dogs. Yeah. I don't think it's necessarily specified where Dunkirk came from, but I think that would be entirely reasonable. I, I think yeah. it it is. I think she did say something about Marge in, in the same sentence as the dog showed up. So I think it's entirely possible that that's where he came from. Yeah. Could be. And it would make sense. It works with the elements of the plot. So there you go. That works. And then let's see. We to Sad. We go into Draco's birthday. But I like how Petunia likes Draco because I've, I've always imagined Draco and Dudley have a lot of similar characteristics. Mm-hmm. So I thought it worked really well that, that she'd w- warm up and take a shine to, to Draco. Yeah. Philosopher's Stone, Chapter 5, Madame Malkin's Robe Shop. Draco reminds Harry very strongly, quote unquote, of Dudley. Yeah. And the dog likes him too. Yeah. <laughs> the dog likes it. Well, well the dog is boy a little brat. It's nice that some animal likes Draco because he hates cats. He's terrified of them. They always have to be suspicious of people that don't like cats. Cats are cats are very good judges of character. Yes, they are. Yeah. So they they have this surprise party. I like the fact that Draco's driving. That, uh, <laughs> yes, that that throws you a little bit. <laughs> yeah, to see him acting so muggle. He even talks. There's a lot of things he says that come out as really muggle, and it's it's always jarring to me. But it's funny. Mm-hmm. Yeah, my notes say Draco's driving. Stay off the sidewalks. Yeah, <laughs> walking in the middle of the road is the safest place to be. <laughs> you know, and and Harry's just livid. How in the world did you do this? And and they're like, oh, magic. <laughs> <laughs> this is very wrong. You need birth certificates. You need all this stuff. But, oh, magic. Well, that ties <laughs> so, into a theme you see in a lot of other fics. Oh, we need official muggle documents. Well, I'll just talk to my person at the ministry and we'll get it all taken care of. Yeah. I remember one fic, Harry got a package in the mail. It had uh, an apparition license, even though he'd never taken a lesson. It had a driver's license, passport, you name it. And he'd never had a driving lesson. Oh, wow. Yeah. See, just magic. It's always there. Yeah. So, like that, that was it, Goblet of Fire. That It just reminded me of that line in the movie when he walks into the, the tent at, uh, at the Quidditch World Cup. And he says, I love magic. And it was a stupid line in the movie. But it's funny. And that's what it reminded me of in here. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, maybe it's a stupid all... line. But every so often magic, you, need, yeah, yeah. you need to have Harry say, you know what? Magic is awesome. I'm really glad to be a wizard. Yeah. I had to laugh I... at the newspaper article where they making Harry out to be this Romeo again. And it's like, it's so funny because I thought it's such a cliche in so many fics to see this article doing that. But then Mm -hmm. I was like, you know, you have to give Barb credit because this was one of the earliest fics that did it. I had said that earlier about so many cliche things, but they started here. So that was another one that uh, caught my attention. Yeah. uh, Question. Was this story finished before Order of the Phoenix came out? No. Right, not the seventh one. The first, the, the the other two were, but not this one. Okay. I just remember because I was reading it, and I know I read Order of the Phoenix before I realized even some of this was posted. 
Um, so like, I think at one point it mem- mentions even Dumbledore's army or something that never existed in this series, but it, 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 the DA members, I guess is what it said. Really weird. Okay. Very good. Um, so we were going to start, we talk about the party. Everybody's there for Draco's party. Um, yeah, I thought it was funny that like Sirius was there. Like, I, I don't know. How are Sirius and Draco these big, like, I, I mean, I can understand it being like a teenage party, but it just, mm-hmm. I don't know, it struck as odd that Sirius would be there. But I yes. like the Petunia faints when she sees them all and realizes that, that she's surrounded sure. by wizards uh, this whole time. Yeah, yeah, I thought that, that was great. That bit is at least in character. Yeah, it was funny. The uh, My notes for that says, Draco's surprise party turns out to be a surprise for the Dursleys. Says, yeah, I thought that was hysterical because you kind of get that inkling that she's going to show up at the, before it happens because she's like, oh, there's a party for Draco tonight? Oh, that's yeah, she's nice. she's excited that it was for Draco. <laughs> and Harry, you know, has no clue because Harry never has a clue. And so that she... He's surprised when she rings the doorbell and, and opens the door, and then she comes in and realizes yeah, it. I kind of feel bad for Petunia, and I really hate feeling bad for Petunia because I can't stand her. But it's mm-hmm. like, you know, she'd lost her own kid, so I think she's desperately trying to connect with, with Draco here because, she, like I said, she sees a similar characteristic in there. But I did. I, I ended up feeling bad for Petunia, and that made me angry because I don't want to feel bad for Petunia. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You, you hate to be made to feel sympathy for characters yeah. that you, you're not <laughs> exactly. supposed to like. Right. But I did. So good job, Barb. <laughs> <laughs> All right. I have given up on trying to find anything in these chapters because they're just so damn long. They are very long chapters. It's like trying to read Tolkien. <laughs> Tolkien is a master of of, of world building and mega. Yeah, but still go on for thirty book. pages about a tree. At least Seriously. there's like, I mean, it's like describe it's all hormonal stuff, leaf. but at least it's stuff going on. Just describe every leaf on every tree on the path. And, <laughs> but I, I feel this is the same way. Harry Ryan has said this before that, but Harry thinks the way Ryan perceives reality, a million things going through his brain all at once. I can't read this. It's just, I, <laughs> I, I, I just want to reach through the screen and strangle Harry. It's like, stop thinking about that. You would not be thinking about that at this point in time. <laughs> it's like you're in the middle. This was from uh, way, way back, but it, specific example. You are getting touchy-feely with Hermione. The last thing on your mind should be George Weasley. Mm-hmm. <sighs> and it, it made me want to scream. And it's it's one of the peeves I have of this fic in general. It's just so hard to follow what's going on because you don't know if Harry's thinking about what's going on for him in that moment or if he's having a flashback of some kind. Yeah. Um, and then this, the Sneeko Scope comes back into play and Harry finds out that he starts making noise and he looks out the window and it's the milkman. Uh, we kind of talked about the milkman earlier, but uh, I liked that he, you know, oh no, I, I've got to go save the day. And out he goes. And I love the phone call to Draco. He's like, Draco, quick, you got to get help. And Draco's like, do you know what time it is? Like, no, really, you got to get help. And Draco's like, who is this? It's, like, it's Harry Potter. And Draco's like, no, the Harry Potter I know would not call at eight o'clock in the morning and expect me to do something. Yes, <laughs> he, he would. Yes, he would. Up. 
Oh, no, yeah. I, I, I had sympathy with Draco there because I'm not one who enjoys being woken up either. <laughs> well, neither am I, but you can't say the Harry Potter I know would never do this because, yes, Harry would. Harry doesn't give a damn what time Harry it is. Harry got somebody attacking him. Right. Uh, yeah, the whole, you know, and he doesn't he do wandless magic to get into the uh, house and... And then he finds the, I guess he doesn't find the mail. Does he find the milkman in the back of the truck? Or at least he calls and, and wants to get somebody out there so the milk doesn't spoil. You know, he's always thinking this, this kid. <laughs> and and then uh, and Harry and Katie Bell are, are going out. And at first it's just kind of as friends, but then it gets a little. Yeah, well, more. Harry needs to have somebody to snog. I wounded always recognize each other. I kind of liked that line because I think Katie's very likable in this in this fic. Oh, she absolutely mm-hmm. is. She comes across as a very nice girl. I mean, she's a bit of a generic girl, but those are fun too. Yeah. yeah, I no, I could sympathize with the both of them because they were obviously both thinking of other people and just trying. I don't know. I I I uh, I, I liked the. The, yeah, yeah. <laughs> they, they both liked other people, but they were kind of drawn together out of loneliness. And it started out yeah. as just friends, but then it developed into more. The more they spent time together, but at the end, it was really yeah. You knew they, it was due from the start that they were just yeah. basically lonely and looking for companionship. Yeah, it's a summer thing, isn't it? Where yeah. he has to go back to school. I don't remember if there's a dramatic scene where the oh, I'll be going away to school, but I'll see you at Christmas, and maybe we could have Hogsmeade. Is there something like that, or no, not so much. She says that she's starting aura training, and she just and that's school, she but he already, by then. Harry and Ginny are, are are really heating it up a notch, and she can see that she's not stupid. She's going right. to aura training. She can read people, you know. Well, let. <laughs> Let's not give too much credit to the Aurors, because you have Frank and Gemma Longbottom from the alternate universe. Oh, I and hate those, them in this. Those two are the, like bricks with hair. Oh, my God. <laughs> yeah, they couldn't have a, th- their own thought for anything. It's just exactly what's the rules, and that's all we can think about. And it doesn't matter if you were our friend before, you're breaking the rules. and Therefore, you, know, you must be evil. Yeah. Or evil, and yeah. yeah. And how can you consort with that evil Slytherin? Yeah. Well, I, I take offense to Slytherins being termed evil. I know you do. It <laughs> yes, wasn't yes, me saying it. It was yes. them. <laughs> well, yes, yes. Well, it's like I commented way, way back in the... Uh, but the Slytherins in canon are portrayed as, as mostly evil. Sorry, I know that people... I know you don't like to hear that, but in canon, that that is the way they're portrayed. That's the That's way, the way, way they're I... shown from the perspective of people who don't like them. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> we like Slytherins, though. It's okay. We like we're, our Slytherins very we're, we're much. We're glad to I'm hear not, that. I'm, I'm not, I'm not going to defend the canon Slytherins because I think true. they're annoying. Well, I think you can because you don't see them when they're interacting with each other. You don't see them unless even, they're purposely even, trying to piss off Harry. JKR has commented that like Pansy and her little group of girls – were written portraying people that, that were mean to JKR, that she didn't like. So she wasn't writing them as people who were all that likable. And I will stipulate that, yes, they are mean. That doesn't make them evil. Okay. But I was going to say, before <laughs> we get disagree here. The, uh, the thing on that, I, I said way back when in the discussion of Psychic Serpent, that there's a flashback or a pensive memory or whatever of... A, a Slytherin who is not named helping Sirius Black plant a goblet of blood in front of Snape. 
I objected to it. I don't think any Slytherin would help a Gryffindor prank a fellow Slytherin like that. Yeah, I could agree with that. And it, I, I don't see that the that Barb has changed how she portrays the Slytherins in, the, in that regard. The only ones she's really making an effort to redeem are Snape and Draco. Although at that point, wasn't Drake wasn't Snape um, really disliked by his house? So maybe you could maybe see them going after him, even if it was helping a Gryffindor, just because they really didn't like him. I can see them going after him internally, but I don't think they'd ever get another house involved. That makes sense. But back to the fic we're talking about today. Yes, well, <laughs> it's the same trilogy. It's it all counts. It does. It does. And oh, I can connect it because we're going to be looking for how Slytherins are portrayed as we go forward. Yay. <laughs> one of my favorite parts about this one is Sandy's back. Yay. Oh, do you like Sandy? I like Sandy. Well, she, had, she had to come back. Yeah. It I think be the I Psychic Serpent trilogy without her. Say it again, Melinda. I think that a lot of people probably during um, the Year of Good Intentions miss Sandy. I bet if you look through her, her review thread, I would bet she got a lot of comments about, where's Sandy? Where's Sandy? Where's Sandy? So I bet you uh, people mm-hmm. were, there were very, a lot of people happy that she came back. Maybe. I didn't particularly miss her. Uh, she didn't necessarily add a whole lot to the story. Just uh, from what I remember, it seems her primary purpose was to help Harry feel guilty. I like, like the, the the idea that snakes have the sight, though, and it, she'd just say this little line, and sometimes it means nothing. Like there was one thing I think she said: a dark wizard is coming is ahead, and it was it just meant you know because she came talking in the flu, so it was just a head in the flu. But right. I don't know. I I thought I thought it was wicked funny. Yeah, or I liked her. Go ahead. I like the the different, just the real small snippets, and then you had to really wonder, okay, now what does this mean? And then you'd finally find out in a little bit. But it was always fun to try to figure it out before you got there to see if you could be right. Yeah, I liked the bit where uh, a dark wizard is coming, and it turns out to be yeah, serious black. Serious dark black, black yeah. hair, yeah. <laughs> And Hermione okay. is coming in Animagus too. She is, so she can be yes. Ron. And yeah. I gotta say, I actually suspected that when she was disappearing all the time at the end of the last book after they came back to the, quote, real world. She was disappearing in the evenings all the time, and she wouldn't tell anybody where she was going. And I'm thinking, gee, this is surprisingly like what Harry was doing. Yeah, that's true. And is it a surprise that she's a wolf? In here that she wouldn't tell, but I didn't have. And then she she got shot when she went to Canada. Right. I don't, I don't have her telling telling what what she is yet. Those crazy gun toting Canadians. <laughs> yes, we apologize to all Canadians. <laughs> and uh, Draco's still pressuring Ginny to to go to bed with him. Well, she's and a good she, girl. She's held out for like a year and a half. That, she's that really, irritated me a little bit, to be honest. With you. I found it like, why can every single fic has Harry? It's okay that he, that he's screwing around, but not Ginny. It's just kind of sexist. It really bugs me. Yeah. Fair enough. Well, I, it might just be the person. I mean, if it was Harry pressuring her, then it's very possible that she would have given in. But Yeah, pressure? There's no pressure there. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> have trouble holding Draco off. Yeah. The thing uh, so, is, obsessed with shagging, though. I mean, it's like every other paragraph you turn somebody somewhere. It's like, oh my goodness, in every conversation they have, which is yeah. probably very typical of teenagers, but it just, I'm not a teenager anymore, so it jars me every time. Well, I <laughs> remember sh- being a teenager. It wasn't this bad. <laughs> 
it was bad, but it was not this bad. Yeah, and uh, Draco shags, and I can't even say this. Is it Felice? Felice Harrington Smith. Smythe, I think. <laughs> Smythe. Felice Harrington Harrington Smythe seemed like that's the way it should be pronounced, but I don't know. Smythe don't just know. goes along with the other two names, very pretentious. Yeah. So. <laughs> okay, we'll go with that. In the maze, and and then turns it around, which I love. You know, turns it around and says, "Well." I'm doing this for Ginny's sake. This way yeah. I'm not going to be pressuring her anymore. <laughs> yeah. Like, uh, yeah. Dra- Draco in this really is a slime ball that, oh, uh, it's so awful. I mean, why would you say something? like? Why would you even admit that out loud? Oh, yeah. I have to admit, I'm getting ahead of myself. I hear, I, I know, but he completely turned it around on Harry later in Katie too, when he, he was the one that wrote the letter to Ginny that warned her that they were going to come him with this story and oh, it was yeah. like it was funny though i was like who draco got you good there oh he was thinking ahead and, and planning he ahead, ahead and he completely railroaded the both of them and it was like it was funny it was funny he, he, uh, yeah, he slithered you <laughs> <laughs> five points okay <laughs> And then the old-fashioned tent meeting with Jeffries, Rodney Jeffries, and uh, Rodney sounds too much like Ron. It's too, too, too close. That I keep like when I'm writing my notes, when I'm writing quickly, I keep having to go back and make it Rodney, or else I know I'm going to read it back as Ron. Ron. Rodney. That's why I just put yeah. Jeffries. I didn't even put anything else. <laughs> is this the tent? The the tent. Ryan... The revival meeting. The the the. Yeah, but is this what Ryan has in his notes that uh, he was going to remind Draco about the obedience charm, but he got distracted by a tent. <laughs> yes. Well, that was at the very beginning because he was. That was at the very beginning. He was out jogging. Yeah, it was. And I was trying to read today between all of my various computer issues today. I did actually try to read something, and all I could think of was, "Wow, Harry has ADD. He's getting distracted by tents." <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, Although if and, you read through Harry's point of view here, he actually does have ADDs. <laughs> so it makes go. perfect it makes perfect sense. It does make perfect sense. Uh and I love that Draco was out of cancer. That was that was the other big reveal at the end of this one. Yeah, at the tent meeting. Yep. And Which she's what? uh she's been sneaking off for a while to these tent meetings, but this is the first time that She's gone forward, and Harry's there with um, Katie, Pastor Babcock. Uh, is he with Katie? He's with the I Pastor didn't... Babcock and Doctor Doctor. Help me out. What's the doctor's That's name? I didn't write it down. I did. I got I nothing. <laughs> well, I remember Pastor Babcock because, and I think I shared this story somewhere else. But when I was a, uh, it's Doctor Forbes. When I was younger, I when I was going to church, that was our pastor's name, Pastor Babcock. Really? So Excellent. it made me laugh every time I read it. <laughs> I can it see was, where it would. Makes me laugh. And his son just found me on Facebook, so I had to send him a message and say, guess what? I'm reading this fic about Pastor Babcock. Writes back, says. what's a fic? <laughs> no, actually, he was great. He sent me a message the day after, um, and this can all go out too. The day after the movie release, I get this message. You know, I'm dead tired. I get this message. You know about Harry Potter, right? Can you explain it to me? <laughs> <laughs> no, read the book. <laughs> I sent him a book. <laughs> and I said, and I did tell him, I said, you need to read the books. And he wrote back and said, uh, thanks. And I said, I'm sorry. I, I know I went on and on and on. But if you need 
need any more information, just give me a shot. And he's like, I'm good, thanks. <laughs> yeah. I love it when you get the, the question from a non-fandom person and they're like, do you read Harry Potter? And you completely blow them away with your answer and they like back away from you. <laughs> Slowly and they're like, okay, I don't want to be alone with this person. Just gonna back away. Yes. And in fact, I have a new person. I'm gonna send your fix to them, Melinda, and get them started. Uh oh, thank you. She didn't know anything about it. And I said, Ooh, I could set you up. I think I'm gonna, <laughs> I'm gonna start her with yours and I'm gonna send her naked quidditch. I figured between the two of them. <laughs> oh, you'll scare we'll... them with naked quidditch. <laughs> I love naked quidditch. Uh, it's a good story. Hilarious. <laughs> we'll get her done. So, so where are mine? Are you sending mine? Uh, no. Let's get her started first, and then we'll send her yours. Well, we have baby steps here, baby steps. Well, you have to send her mine before she reads too much fan fiction where there's evil Slytherins all over the place. Okay. Oh, yeah, we had that discussion. Moving on. <laughs> Petunia is a witch. Petunia is a Petunia witch. Petunia is our has magical has- Powers. Jeffrey brings out her magical powers, which I don't know what I, I I wasn't too sure about the idea of Jeffrey's just bringing them out. But I do like I was intrigued with the idea of Petunia being having magical powers in the end after all. Oh, yeah, it was hysterical. And she used them and had way too much fun with them. Yeah. For someone who was like... Someone who hated it all along. But can't yeah. you see, kind of see that? Like, she was jealous of Lily, and she was mm-hmm. always, you know, Lily had this... And now it's like, oh, I've got a tune. You know what I mean? I've, I could just... I could oh, see yeah. her enjoying and reveling in that. Yeah, absolutely. Some, somebody asked me the other day if I thought that Petunia was jealous of the magic or if she um, just hated magic altogether. And I said, didn't she send a letter to Dumbledore asking to be able to go. Yeah, she to. was jealous. I think she was very jealous. She was very jealous. That's where it all came from. It wasn't because she hated magic. She hated that she didn't have magic. And all yeah. the attention that Lily got from it, I think she was jealous of that too. We've got a witch in the family. Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, yeah, very, very uh, yeah, she couldn't offended. That. Yeah. yeah, she's offended by it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. By the genes. Like there's, you got to turn on. There's a gene that gets turned on or turned off. No, there's a whole bunch of genes that have to get turned on and squibs don't have enough of them turned on or something to that effect. I don't know what I think about that. Uh, I, I, it's kind of interesting from a muggle perspective that we know the human genome and we've got all of these things that we don't know what they do because there's a lot of redundancy and so forth. It, it's reasonable. Yeah, I, it's 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 plausible. It's that that's that's always you know my my little is is this plausible? And it's like yeah, all right. That I mean, we have no explanation of how it works. So yeah, but it's I as mean, good as anything. What does it do? Do you just like flip a switch? I I don't. I'm a scientist, but I don't know much about genes or gene well, therapy. I think it. The idea of it, like all of a sudden being turned on, doesn't really work with me. It, it's like. It's genetics and it's hereditary. It's if the genes are in there and they work from birth, okay. But but I, I'm a little leery of the idea that it can be just turned on and off too. Right, but I guess it it does kind of make sense in this situation because um, Jeffries was probably a squib, and he is down in the tunnels when uh, Voldemort comes in and blows them up basically, and he sees the magic and the. Feels, I'm sure, feels the magic. I'm sure there was just magic radiating through that whole area. 
And that's what, quote, turned it on for him. And then he's being able to channel that and turn it on for the other people. So I can kind of see that. But, yeah, it is, it's a stretch. So Jeffries I, is basically radioactive. <laughs> basically. Something like that. And Opportunity is, too. But I can see it more being uh, like it's a repressed gene, maybe. But, but you can't – like I couldn't see them turning a muggle into a wizard. But but mm-hmm. the idea of it's a repressed like like Jeffrey's had it, Petunia had it. It just wasn't. They either weren't aware of it, or it wasn't strong enough that it it manifested itself on its own, like most of them do. Mm-hmm. I, it's it's a bit of a stretch, but I can buy it. I can I can go along with it for the story. Well, it's it's coming to me that it's like the Punnett squares. If you remember from your biology, I barely remember it. So if you don't, that's fine. But you every gene or chromosome or whatever has two parts and you put two on the side and two on the top and you cross and those are your potential combinations and you get the the big x and the big x and the big x and the little x and you get that twice and then you get two little x's it doesn't seem like you would be able to take somebody who had the two little x's which would be the magic gene if you will and make them big x's where suddenly the person has the ability and the ability to use it right i, I don't think i don't think it works they went even further when like hermione and arabella were talking about wanting to take the power away at first i was shocked that hermione would even consider such a thing first of all but secondly i was like i don't know like all right it's repressed is one thing but once it it manifests itself and how are you just going to take that away? That that I don't you know. You can't put the genie back in the bottle, exactly. as the saying that's goes. More than I was willing to go. Yeah, and I was shocked yeah. that Hermione would want to. It seemed to me that seemed very opposite of what seems Hermione very out of character for her. Yeah, because her yeah. biggest thing is she loves being a witch, and she had excuse me, she had oh, memorized her spell books before she even left, and she was casting magic already before she even got on the train. And it, how it did just, she do that? I, I that's always made me. It's like. All right, underage magic. How did she do? How did she practice all those spells? I've always wondered about that. Well, you don't get the letter that says you can't do magic outside of Hogwarts until you finish your first year. Right. And I think they would consider it maybe more accidental magic before they turned 11. Probably. So you probably... But she was, I mean, Hermione was almost 12 by the time she was going to Hogwarts. That's true. Very, very true. Whoever, whoever, someone had to go to to talk to her parents at the beginning. And they must Mm -hmm. have said, you know, you can't hear the books, you can look them over, but you can't do spells. Somehow they would have had to have been told. Gigantic plot hole. Yep. (laughs) Oh, well. I liked, um, it, it was towards the end of this chapter, but Harry, d- he was angry with Hermione for wanting to take that from Petunia. Um, but it was, it, it was something about it at the end struck me as very sad that the way he wanted to help her, despite everything that's gone on between them. And then he, the, there was a line that she's all that I've got left. And he was very defensive of Petunia. And it was something, I don't know, at the end of the chapter, it was very melancholy. It made me very sad. Well, it doesn't ring true because he's never, quote, had her, unquote. Yeah. Yeah. She's mm-hmm. never been anything to him except a repressor. I, I really, yeah, there's this nebulous connection to his mother, but she's his mother, never. But it's just the, the ho- to me, I, I saw it more as even though they've never been anything, it's the hope that they, you know, this, this is that one connection he's got left. I don't think he even sees it as Petunia. It's, it's that connection that he's, you can't take that last connection away. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I just – it doesn't jive with me. I think he would be much more inclined to look at Sirius and Remus. And these were my parents' friends. They knew them. They loved them. They 
I mean, I, I could see Harry, even in this fic, getting away with calling him Uncle Remus, you know? Mm-hmm. And Uncle Remus is a character cliche, but I can mm-hmm. see him getting away with it much more than I, I could believe it more than I could believe Aunt Petunia. Right. Um I could, I could, I don't know. I, I, it struck me as I could see it from Harry. I couldn't see it coming from Petunia, but I, but I, I, I could see that. Well, no, I don't even know about that because there's a, a line in Goblet of Fire where it's the weighing of the wands and he's thinking about his wand and the connection it has to Voldemort's wand and he's hoping the ministry doesn't want to confiscate it just because of that. And in his opinion, he can't help that his wand has this connection to Voldemort's wand, just like he himself can't help being related to the Dursleys. Mm-hmm. I, I don't think it jibes with what we know of how he feels about them. No, but I think the loss of Dudley would have affected that. All right, Dudley's gone now. He lost the cousins. The Petunia is all that's left of that relationship with his mother, especially coming out of a time of good intentions where he actually got to know his mother. But the, I, I don't know. I think that connection would be more important to him. Maybe. I, I just haven't seen enough in the story to buy that he cares at all about Petunia. I, I'm fine if you want to build it that way, but I haven't seen nope. it. On their way to find one of the missing Weasley sisters. Mm-hmm. Which, yeah, and- back, in the, back in the day, that was a huge theory among a ton of, of internet groups. And a lot of things that you would talk about was the big... Because we didn't know the exact ages of all the characters. JKR hadn't come out and said there were two years between all of them. Mm-hmm. So speculation was that there was a much bigger gap between Charlie and Percy. Yeah, And so the 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 the, the, the missing... I don't know where the, I don't even know. Might have been even this fic where the, that the missing Weasley children were, were from. I'm pretty sure it is. But, uh, but it was, it was widely thought that it was a much bigger age gap missing there. That, that it was because of the war that, that, I, I, um, that maybe there was a big, I don't know why the big gap worked in it, but it was a long time ago. <laughs> yeah. I, I remember everyone speculating about stuff and, and that was one of the things there was yeah, believed was to be big... this big gap here. Uh, I don't know how I feel about that actually, because the story is not Harry Potter and the missing Weasley sisters. Right. I feel like there's too found- much attention devoted to the plot line. It, it's I, good. I just sorry. Go ahead. It's good for what it is. I just don't necessarily feel it belongs in this story. If you know what I mean. There's a lot of OCs in this story, and I like a lot of them. A lot of them I got really invested in. But mm-hmm. I think it was it was towards the end of the chapters that we were reading. I think it was one of Draco's cousins that was a doctor of Harry's, and and we went through this whole big flashback that Harry was remembering from his other life, and I was just like. Enough. I was like, I don't care about this person. It, 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 it just, I mean, the scope of her world is huge. She must have had to have like chalkboards up to, 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 to put people around to remember where everybody was and all these names and where they belonged and everything. Excel spreadsheets. I was like, enough. Uh, enough of the OCs. I don't really, y- y- some of them really intrigue me. But when, when push comes to shove, I want to know about the actual characters. I don't care about all these other people. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I will definitely yeah. agree with that. When I was taking notes well, last night. Been, sorry, go ahead. go ahead. When I was taking notes last night and got to that part, I was just like, uh, skim. <laughs> I didn't yeah. even write notes on it. It was it was late and I was tired. Yeah, enough. I was like, I'm, I'm done with the OCs. Yeah. And I like Ginny being the only girl. I did. I, I mean, I like Maggie in, in this story. I liked her very much. I, I warmed up to her very much. But uh-huh. I still... I think overall, I like the idea of Ginny being the only girl. The only girl. Yeah. yeah. yeah that's well, what made 
her special. Yeah. The things that made her special. And well, the whole Weasley clan being known for only having boys and stuff like that. I, I like that whole idea. Ginny's yeah. destiny was to be bored and marry Harry Potter. That was it? Yeah, that, that's her whole reason for being, apparently. Well, you had to get uh, those two families together somehow. Somehow. <laughs> well, I, I as yeah, far as from a writing perspective, though, I really like that Ron and Ginny were not meant to be. All the others were very carefully planned, but those two just sort of came along after the fact. Yeah. Which happens in real life. It does. That's why it rang very true for me. Why mm-hmm. I really appreciated it from a writing perspective. As much as I think the Weasley missing Weasley sisters takes up too much time in this fic, at least it's well done in that regard. And I liked the scene at the beginning when they when they, they get Maggie and they start telling her everything. I did enjoy them going over kind of the whole history in a brief little summary plot. It's like just the whole history of wizards and this magic and the whole thing. I, I enjoyed that scene. It, it it just I don't know, it made me smile. Mm-hmm. Well, like she's a seer too. Yeah, yeah, well the thing is here we're getting a repeat of a scene we've already had from the alternate universe. Right. Mm-hmm. So maybe this could have been handled differently. Uh, it, it could have been handled more succinctly, most definitely. Uh, don't make the mistakes that you did the first time around. And according to Ryan's notes here, there is a significant glance from Sirius to Bill and Maggie. <laughs> oh, that Uh-oh. was later. Yeah. yeah. Just what we need. That. Memory charms for everybody. <laughs> <laughs> Well, I, I like the whole idea that they're going to go and see her. That they're going to go out for Harry's birthday is the plan, but they're going to make this little pit stop on the way to go and meet her. And they talk Draco into going so he can help drive. So here we go, road trip. And I love that um, Ron and Ginny are, are there. And Molly's like, right, now, how do I know if they're going to be safe? And how do I know if you're going to keep them apart? And Ginny's going off with Draco. And ah, I'm not sure about all this. And uh, then they get to the hotel where, you know, it's okay. We've got separate rooms booked and everything. And oh, yeah, there's been a flood. <laughs> Yeah, because separate rooms worked out so well <laughs> back yeah. in the first story. Yeah, they, they've always worked. It, it, doesn't Harry make a habit of getting caught in hotel yeah, rooms I was, stories? The, the first time was funny, but this I was annoyed with it this time. I was like, all right, this is, again, here we go. I, I just, I didn't, I didn't love it the second time. Yeah. So, and they're done And, that. and like, so they get there and, and she has to, they tell her, they send Draco in. Isn't that correct? They send Draco in to tell her. Well, Ginny waits out in the car with I think with Harry and then they all kind of go in together and and he has to perform the spell to to make her remember and I thought that was really interesting that Tempest Tempest Fugit I think they've Tempest Fugit spell yeah yeah and I like Ginny defending Harry from Arthur when Arthur gets I like that Arthur got upset that he used that spell too actually even though it Mm -hmm. was brought his own daughter back I did like it seemed very in character for Arthur to what are you thinking here because it's such pragmatic and it says not it shave time off their lives as well yes it increases the uh, wear and tear on their bodies like a thousandfold Mm mm-hmm so. Well, it's very interesting that he gets upset about the spell here when in the alternate universe he says that the spell itself is not dark magic. It's just been used for dark purposes. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah, then, like most of the the alternate universe, though I couldn't. But those weren't the real people. But the, the, anything OC that went on in that one didn't didn't bug me so much because that they weren't the real people. I disagree, because <laughs> we got into a a lovely discussion several times about string theory, and you have to if, if you're writing an AU, you have to start somewhere with a recognizable character, and then you you detail changes that you put a character through to bring them to a yeah, different point. This is Hello? not an alternate reality where Harry, Draco, and all the rest somehow are living in Chicago. And yes, I've seen that. But it's the, these are an alternate universe. These characters come from somewhere. And my favorite part of just about any sci-fi show is where they have the alternate reality picture that you get to see these are how these characters could have turned out given different circumstances. I don't think anything we saw in the alternate universe necessarily changes anything fundamental about the characters. Well, I, I disagree with that simply because I think everything about them changed just from the fact that they're living under Voldemort's reign. So their they're whole the lives are different. They're the same characters who are continuing to live with the circumstances that they were familiar with, whereas opposed to the canon – Something miraculous happened and all of a sudden they're free. Those both versions of the character came from the same place. Mm, but their life experiences were different. True. Very true. But it doesn't change their past necessarily and where they come from. And the past is a big part of how you interpret the present. But but for someone like Arthur Weasley, who had a lot of life, who had before, a lot of life before, but for the past sixteen years is lived under Voldemort. He's had to have seen a lot of dark magic just living under Voldemort. I mean that that entire world is different than the than the world. The re, I'm going to say the real Arthur. I know he's not real, but the real Arthur <laughs> um, lived in. That's fine. We we will stipulate. <laughs> that, we will stipulate right at this point in time that the Harry Potter characters are not real. We all understand this. <laughs> what do you mean they're not real? <laughs> <laughs> uh, that we know of. <laughs> okay, now that we've stopped. Um, <laughs> yeah, I forgot what I was saying now. <laughs> yes. Tell <sorry. laughs> right, Um So Arthur and Molly apparate in and meet their daughter. I love that they apparate in and each get stuck in potted palms. <laughs> and I, I missed something. That, why did Molly have to go back? What happened? I, I, something like Molly left and came back and I, I missed something with that whole scene. She had to go compose herself. I, I don't know. Okay. I don't remember. Exactly. That's a stab in the dark. Somebody please correct me. <laughs> <laughs> I'm looking, I'm looking. She came back without shoes or something like that. And had to go back. Yeah, that seems, that sounds, how did I get back on four, too? Uh, my internet no, is not five wanting now. to work. Is, I know. I was on, I was on chapter three a minute ago, and now I'm back on chapter two. So the internet is really wonky here. <laughs> I, I don't know. Somebody else look it up. <laughs> I can't get past this one. Let's see. It'll let me go. We went hey. from Maghouse to Ascog to all of a sudden those the owls delivering all the invitations to the wedding. Right. We don't know right away what it is because we just hear Katie calling somebody a biatch. 
Yeah. And I put that in when I did the notes, I PM them to myself last night. And so I'm looking at, at the notes today. I'm going that bloody pretty lady. Hmm. Forum sensors. Have got <laughs> what did that say before? <laughs> My favorite part is when you're writing notes and later you look at them and you have no idea what they refer to. <laughs> Oh yeah. Sometimes I'll get so so impassioned as I'm writing that my my writing gets so hard to read that I I'm like some of it I'm looking back now and I'm like I can't understand what I said. I can't read my own writing. Mm-hmm. It's a sad thing. That's how my handwritten notes are, which start in the next chapter. Yeah, mine are all handwritten here. That word is seer, I think, but I don't know. Couldn't couldn't guarantee it. <laughs> I can't read my notes either, so <laughs> Your non-existent oh, very good. Yeah, my non-existent notes, yes. Uh, right. Didn't Ryan have a point about uh, Arthur and them? They apparate in, but then they drive. Yeah, what's up with that? So there's a little bit of a plot hole right there. Yes, yeah, he had a problem with Maggie that that she just she just bought it all all too quickly. Well, she bought yeah. it pretty quickly in the alternate universe too. And you got to yeah. consider her life sure really has seer too. That that maybe she 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 accepts it simply because not that she necessarily saw something coming. Although you think this is a pretty big thing in her life, why didn't she see them coming? But because she doesn't know when her birthday is. Right, she doesn't have her birthday, the right birthday, so she doesn't. She can't yeah. get anything. She, she gets blindsided by everything because she can't see it coming for herself. But maybe everything in her life has been so completely off that, that these people just dropping in and dropping this all on her might finally make everything just click into place for her. Well, that's mm-hmm. what happened with her in the AU with Harry. She's just like, wow, it all makes sense. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, that's all I have. I want to move on to the to the up getting close to the wedding because that's when uh, I, I really got into this fic. I like this. this. The whole- these next few chapters. Refresh my memory. Who's getting married? Alicia Spinett Alicia and Roger. to Roger Davies, which back in Psychic Serpent, they detested each other. So right. this wedding all of a sudden came out of the blue. They got the owls and it was, I know it's last moment, but it's out of the blue. So not only did she ask all her, she wanted all her old Quidditch team to be part of the ceremony, not only all the girls, but all the guys too, because for some reason, none of Roger yeah. Davies' right. friends agreed to do it. Well, Roger right. doesn't have any friends. Himself better than anybody else, yeah. but um, the the wedding lineup. I thought it was a hoot when they got the invitations that listed like everybody was with like even like in this fic, George and Angelina are a couple, mm-hmm. but she put Fred and Angelina as, as together. together. She yeah. put Harry Cho. She put Katie with Lee, even though they had already broken up. It was like. It was just so funny and awkward and uncomfortable, and quite honestly, it reminded me a lot of weddings that I've been to. Yeah. So I got a I got a real kick out of the wedding line. We have to give kudos to Barb then for writing it realistically. Yeah, it was funny. I got a, I got a real kick out of the. We lost Sue again. Welcome back, Sue. <laughs> Hi, Sue. You. I'm sorry. Hi. Ryan's got a line here that I have to read, though. It says, Katie, the new Gemma Longbottom. <laughs> oh. oh, poor Katie. What? what? Do we know what Mrs. Longbottom's real name was? Did we ever find out, though? Alice. It's definitely not Alice. There you go. Thank you. It's like, and I just really wonder why Barb didn't go back and do a search replace, because it's not like it changes any fundamental aspect of the story. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But it was back. It was written back before we knew, so you can't. I don't know. It's not that hard. She is one of the people who, or she was one of the people who runs Fiction Alley. So, 
That's she really kind of, did know that. Heidi. I know yeah. Heidi, but I didn't know that, that Barb was. Oh, uh, she was one of the people involved with it. Heidi actually does run it. She's the site admin. But Heidi, uh, Barb, and Lori were, and Cassie Claire actually were all friends. Yeah, I knew Lori and I didn't know, but see, Barb doesn't seem to fit in that group because the, they were, the, they were staunch harmonians, the rest of them. I don't pretend to know. I just. Yeah, there was I, a lot, I, I, a lot of bad blood between, well, it's a long time ago now. Yeah. Let's not bring up Cassandra Claire Wang. Yeah. There's plenty yep. of it. Interesting footnote to that, though. I actually used to beta read for Cassie. Did you? Her, yeah. I saw her book at, at, at BJ's, actually. Oh, God. But uh, I, uh, <laughs> like, you know what? Just for the principle of the thing, I can't go there. Yeah, no, <laughs> I, I won't go I have there to give. I have to say, Cassie Claire is actually one of, one of the people who turned me into a Harry Ginny shipper. <laughs> because she wrote a little outtake to Lori's um, the 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 Paradigm of Uncertainty trilogy, uh-huh. and it was just a little outtake. But I liked I liked her outtake better than I liked the the trilogy there. Oh, good grief! <laughs> but what I liked about it was the Harry Jitty, um Like she put them together, and it was just it was before I was a shipper of any kind. And so I was just reading it and I was like, Oh, I kind of like this though. And you know, it was just, I don't know. I thought it was cute. So it was Well, part of the problem with doing that is that when we're writing in that era, there was no character to Ginny. So whatever the author made up, that's what Ginny was. No, it wasn't even, it was just the idea of putting it together. And then Mrs. Weasley was, was beyond excited when they were coming to dinner. And it was just that element of it, of how excited Mrs. Weasley would be. And Harry being brought into the wheat, something about that warmed up to me that I, I liked that idea. Yeah. Well, just to finish my footnote, I, I was Cassie's beta reader for some of her third story. And then there was a big, long pause, and then she apparently cut all ties with me. I never heard from her again. Oh, really? She yep. didn't say anything or anything? Well, well not to me. Uh, yeah, I was if, – if you followed along as she was posting Draco Veritas, uh, I was the straight boy beta. Straight boy. <laughs> yeah, I was. I got involved specifically because I sent her a scathing review uh, in which I pointed out the many instances of straight boys don't act like this. So that became my designation, the straight boy beta. Straight boy beta. Well, that's, that's good. So, but let's quick talk about the fic before I get sorry, back sorry. Well, we, we, <laughs> this was related. We were just getting on to the fictionality admins, and we got around to some others. So, sorry. Okay, we're yeah, back. No, we're I back. Understand. We're going just, on to the wedding. I, this um, stupid thing keeps flashing. So, before we go to the wedding, because we yeah. jumped over to chapter six, um, just a couple of really quick notes that I had. Uh, Maggie and Snape, match made in heaven. Oh, sorry, I didn't mean to. <laughs> chapter six was what I was working on. Was the the wedding invitation more the the lineup more, of. Uh, Okay. Yes. Everybody put together. I thought it was funny. It's a very realistic thing that people who don't belong together are paired up at a wedding. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I thought that was really funny the way that they put them all in there like that. Yeah, and, and it's like, uh, can you imagine a more uncomfortable group? I just thought it, it was, it was, it really did make me chuckle. And I don't know if we know by the end of this chapter if it's going to be in the next chapter, but then we find out also that they're going to be in kilts. Yeah, they have more to kilts. Oh, yeah, they like kilts uh, and, in this one. And actually, and I guess the fact that nobody that even saw Alicia and Roger coming was was kind of funny. Well, I think it's a shotgun <laughs> wedding myself. Yeah, there's definitely something fun there. Yeah, well, something funny. And about Harry is being matched up with Cho, I find it funny and awkward, especially considering we didn't have Order of the Phoenix here to draw from. Right. And Mm -hmm. you just pull in what you know about that, and it's, oh my god, this is so much worse. 
But then, because Harry and Cho did date at the beginning of Psychic Serpent, though. Remember, that was the whole plot, was Harry wanted to get Cho with Victor. Yeah, it was an abysmal sort of thing where she's just very quiet. Oh, I'm with Harry Potter. I'll let him talk. Mm -hmm. Silence. Silence. Crickets going off in the background. Because Harry is just a very talkative person, don't you know? Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> like, well, he uh, is in this one. <sighs> Only to himself, though. <laughs> and Hermione pay- plays the cello. <laughs> she does. <laughs> that That's just great. cracks me up. That's just, it's just funny. It's so, very yeah. muggle, and you know she had muggle interests, but they're never touched upon in any of the canon. I mean, half yeah. the time I forget uh-huh. that Hermione is muggle-born. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, well, quite honestly, I think that, that that that's, you know, there really could be more muggle in Hermione's life that we would see, uh, you know, her parents basically brush her aside for everything. Yep, and so, she uh, brushes them aside. Yeah. She, she doesn't care well. much about them at all. I mean, she... It's very interesting that there's not a lot going on there, because... You know, how many people I can see them sending her off to school, but then but then she never comes back for holidays, she never comes back anything. for anything. And then she goes to other people's places for most of the holidays, which obviously it works from a story perspective. And and I can I can even see, you know, Jay, we're just saying in this fic, there are so many OCs that, you know, some of them are kind of interesting, but they really don't matter when you get frustrated with them. So I can kind of see the point of not they really didn't have a role or a story in this mm-hmm. in the whole canon works. So I can see it's just easier to just keep them on the sidelines, too. Yeah, true. But I I did like the one touch of muggleness back in the first story of this trilogy where Hermione sends Harry a letter written on blue-lined paper with a ballpoint pen. (laughs) Yeah. Small things like that go a long way to contributing to the believableness of a story. And something like that really hits home that Hermione is muggle-born. Yeah. She's perfectly conversant with a telephone. She probably knows how to drive it. Probably is a lot easier to use. I bet it is. Uh, Probably knows how to drive a car. And use a computer. Isn't that how she found Maggie in the first place? Yep. In the alternate universe. Oh, no, no. No, sorry. Misspoke. What were you going to say about Maggie and Snape, Sue? They're kind of together. You see them in this chapter. They come in and hang out. You, you know. Sue, you're fading. Well, no. Yeah, I can only hear every Say. other word you can. I'm not even hearing every other word. I'm hearing every other syllable. <laughs> oh, someone's better? Or I'm, it's going to come in. I'm not sure which. Can you hear me? Sort uh, of. Can you hear me? Yeah. Can you hear me now? <laughs> this is how it is when we podcast with Scott. He gets consonants. <laughs> That's what usually sound like. Uh, you guys talk and I'll be quiet. Maybe it'll come back. Okay. Um, I thought Maggie was married or was that just the alternate universe? I don't remember ever being married in this one. And I, I, I like I said, I read the alternate universe story once and I, and I haven't been back. So I, I can't. I'm it's not one sure. of my favorite stories. <laughs> I read it, it is, once like, I'll, I'll, it, but I didn't. I will go back and reread just the time of good intentions. I really See, will. I would go back and reread just this story, but I would reread <laughs> just the beginning of it. I, I, I'm not, yeah. I'm not telling anything about the end, but I wasn't a big fan of it. So I'm just the beginning of this fic. I really liked Excellent, excellent. Okay, so she Sue says via the instant message that she is not married in this. Okay. And that makes sense because I think she was just married. Like they, they were yeah, acting like newlyweds. She was married to uh, Bernard Parrish. Although this actually brings up a point. How did Hermione look up Maggie on the computer if her name isn't Parrish? But how would Hermione have known that her name was Parrish anyway? Because Harry told her, didn't he? 
Can you hear me? I can hear yes. you. Hey, cool. Um, because she had it in her website. It was a because she was a seer. She was a fortune teller. Um, fortune teller's not quite the right word, but a psychic. And people were coming to her. She kept her own name. That's how she. We just lost Sue again. And she was Maggie. Was it Maggie Doherty in this one, or am I? I don't have the thick open here in front of me, but I just have my notes, and I didn't write down what her last name was. Yeah. Uh... I don't remember, but how? what do you do? Do you go to, let's see, what was the big search engine at the time? I believe it was... Google. They talk about Google several times, but I'm not sure that really? Google was around back then, No, actually. Google was not around in this timeline. I'm, I'm, it was... Uh, Although, wait a minute, because this spider? was written... It had to be, because this was written before. This was... I don't remember exactly when this was written. Let's see. Or Order of the Phoenix came out. <laughs> right around Order of the Phoenix. I believe there was a big... Pause. Yeah, yeah, it's somewhere in the middle of this that Order of the Phoenix came out, but but I don't remember exactly when Google came out. Yeah, but a- anyway, what do you do? Do you Google Maggie Seer and see what pops no, up? No, because they didn't know she was a seer, so they had. Well, Harry knew, but maybe Harry knew what her what her maiden name and her married name was. So so we started with the maiden, maybe, but they came up with a website that she had in this one that she's a was she a seer in the um. In the alternate universe? Yes, yes, she was. She had, she had been consulted by the queen. Or, sorry, uh-huh. the, the Princess Di. Yes. Sue, so you're still really staticky. So what year was it? Because Princess Di died in 1997. What year was this supposed to be? This would have been 97 now, wouldn't it? No, because, yeah, yeah. Harry's seventh. Oh. In the AU, it would have been 96. Yeah, so that, that actually doesn't make any sense. Why would Harry be surprised that she's still alive? Plot hole. Well, obviously, she didn't know that Princess Di was going to die when it happened. Well, I think she did know that it had happened because the story was written in our world after she was dead. But in the story itself, it's 1996. So Princess Di wasn't dead. I think that's a case of author knowledge bleeding over to the story. So we found out today that uh, Snape is hanging out, at least with Maggie. We don't know anything else about that at this point. We also find out that the castle is bugged, which I think is really funny because usually you can't use muggle things in a magical area. But Especially where it. where you had, like, you, they made a big deal of saying that Ascog is hidden because Maggie had known about it and when she got there she didn't see it right away kind of like Hogwarts. Right and yeah and so but somehow or another they've gotten magical bugs into the building and, and so they, they're being watched and part of that coming up out of the uh, we haven't mentioned the uh, prophet, the daily prophet and the uh, Daisy Fernuncle. Daisy Fernuncle who's been writing terrible things about Harry so yeah, some she's of that's even more. that way. I thought she was Reader at first but then they, they kept it, they, they somehow figured out it wasn't Reader doing it. How did right. they do that? I think they had Rita in custody for something else, or somebody was watching her for something. I I I I, I skimmed that part, but they they definitely were watching Rita, and then they even suspected Fleur for a while. Fleur's English why. isn't that good. Fleur would be angry with Harry. Yeah, but she could write the article, and then an editor could just fix it up. Yeah, true. I, I think that's pretty much it for chapter. The, there was one thing about this chapter that that I was interested that Katie's mom was killed in the same way that Harry's mom was in his other life. I thought that was kind of an well, interesting. Well, that thing. happened before the the events of Halloween nineteen eighty one. Right. Yeah. So it doesn't it change. Really, it, it doesn't change, but it but it all kind of ties in together now that we know what what happened to Lily in the second life there. Mm-hmm. But I don't know. I thought it was an interesting little 
old connection. Yeah, we commented uh, on that when we were covering the uh, second fic, that it's very similar to what happened to Mrs. Bell. And if you had read that fic more often, and you could have come on and joined us. But I didn't like it. (laughs) (laughs) That's not true. There were parts of it that I did like very much, but I I just couldn't help that I wanted it to get back to... But the whole fic is Harry Ginny. Well, I don't know why be, you don't like it. The whole fic is Harry Ginny. Harry and Ginny. Not Define that Harry real. Real, but they're just it, – it was it – was Define real. Canon. <laughs> <laughs> uh, define real. Give three examples. Okay. Harry has a scar. Voldemort is dead. And they're not they're not a couple, but they're both Gryffindor, and they're working towards something. Ginny's Gryffindor in this alternate universe. Mm, she Harry's- still grew up with all the brothers. She's a little stepdad. Lily is dead. It's not Voldemort is still alive. Never has been gone. Harry doesn't have a scar. He's got a Scottish accent. It just nothing is right. It just it 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 wasn't right. There's a lot of things not right with Harry, but Ginny is still essentially the same person. Well, actually, I don't know. We argued about that a lot. Uh, I I made the point that there's a lot of things that are the same, and therefore she is. And there's a lot of things that are different, therefore she's not. Like, she hasn't been through the Chamber of Secrets. Mm-mm. So Anyway, that's completely irrelevant to the story we're talking about. <sighs> we keep doing that. I'm so sorry. It's okay. They asked the castle, and Harry decided he's going to go in for his limb. And yep. he gets there, and Ginny's there. And so he has this great chat with Andy, which <laughs> I really thought was, was fun. Because he's like, oh, should maybe I, I should go. Don't you like, want to swim? why? You want to swim. <laughs> yeah. And so finally, Ginny realizes he's there. and, and he's, Well, he's he has to realize him. he's there because he just jumps in and splashes her, which is such a typical boy thing to do that I thought was really funny. Yes. Yeah. But he doesn't know how to swim, so he's been Flounders a bit, and she decides to teach him how to swim. Why doesn't Harry know how to swim? Harry never well, that's no, because that is there's a line in Goblet of Fire, I believe, where he was worried about going in the pool, where he even comments that he could do a few strokes, but they'd never given him swimming lessons. So that's fair enough that that, that he can say he doesn't know how to swim. Yeah, Deadly got lessons, but he never did. Didn't he pick it up in the AU though? The, the Dursleys didn't care if he drowned. Is is basically what his reasoning was. Fair enough. Yeah. I think they, yeah. They he would prefer that or they would he thought that they would prefer that he drowned. Alright. <laughs> and I'm gonna bring up the AU again. He knew how to swim because he goes to the ocean with Draco and Jamie and Lily and Snape. He knows how to swim in that life. And it, it seems to me like it swimming is riding a bicycle. You don't forget how uh-huh. to do it. That's all right, I'm gonna give you credit on that one. But see I forgot about that because it was the alternate universe. It didn't really happen. <laughs> I'm just teasing you to- Right? I know, right? right? Over and over, it comes back to this, but I, I disagree. It does happen, and we should probably edit this because I don't think it's relevant to these chapters, but he puts – if you've read this, you know that he puts certain things in a certain other thing. Those are real. They yeah. exist. So I don't think you can make the argument that swimming ability wouldn't carry over. But if he's getting his swimming lessons, yeah, I'll um, put it in a message so it's not recorded. But he and I am not getting messages, guys. Just so you know, um, all of a sudden his scar bursts with pain. He blocks out. 
speak I was to the happy to see the course. return of the star pain, actually. It was, I, I was like, all right, this is, this is familiar territory now. We're back here. That's where it goes. And Ginny um, literally has to give him mouth-to-mouth resuscitation to bring him back out of this. That's why he doesn't know how to swim. <laughs> because the plot says so. Got it. <laughs> there you go. And, you know, she's got to get caught by Draco because then Draco thinks something's going on. And it she turns was saving out my thing. life. I was drowning. I needed yeah. her to save me. Yeah. <laughs> and how did how did Katie know that Draco had the dark mark? Is that I, I I might be just forgetting here. Is that like all public knowledge now that Katie knows that that he was? I don't remember. Was yeah, it? I don't remember either. I don't was know, but, but because she came down to say that that he was in pain because he obviously was being called to to go join the Death right. Eaters or whatever. But it just seemed like it'd be one thing if Draco was the one that explained all that. But for me, it just startled me that Katie was the one. And I'm like, all right, now what? I missed something here. or I forgot something. Does How did it go? I think it was because he had the dark mark. Well, does that work? I think, I think it goes back at, to... At the uh, job sorry. site, right? Because he's always got his shirt off at the job site. And didn't her dad take him out to get more tattoos to yes. kind of cover up the dark mark? Yes. Oh, okay, okay. All right, that all right. To go with it and And her dad's a former Okay, that makes sense. Yeah. And doesn't it also go back to Draco turning on his father? Probably. Didn't he he expose the dark mark in front of the wizard gamut for everybody to see? Yeah, I think he did. That makes sense. Okay, question answered. There you go. I did love how, um, like Harry and Ginny were having this conversation where he was talking about the first time that he, she really spoke in front of him when she defended him to Draco back in, um, Chamber of Secrets. And he was talking about the colossal mistake that he made or whatever he was going to say. And then Draco burst in and said, got yourself a girlfriend, Potter, or something. But it was the same line from Chamber of Secrets, only in a different context now. I I, I got a chuckle out of that. Yes. <laughs> very, very good stuff. Yeah, it was. So uh, Voldemort has attacked diagonally and basically just destroyed the place. Yeah. He's at war. They're, what, what's the line that they're at war now? Which I don't know what it's been that, since then, but they're, they're at war now. Yeah. It wasn't really a war when he blew up the tube station, you know? <laughs> well, you know, that was just a, a warning. Yeah, yeah, that's it. It was just muggles. We don't worry about them. <laughs> and then after that, we move to um, Fred and George's house, the Hog Hog's End, I think they call it. Yep. And it's kind of convenient that it's the same house Harry grew up in, but I still kind of liked it. I liked the way that worked, and I liked Harry's reactions when Ginny brought him to what he considered to be Jamie's room. Yeah, that that's and one that, of the things I do remember. I, I really liked that he's in the place where he grew up. Basically, and he's he's got all these memories washing over him, and I the mention of Jamie is really really good here. Yeah, I like the whole I I, I like the whole thing, and then I could just see that like the convenience of him walking into Ginny's room at night, where that chapter ends. Yeah, that you can do that. You know, you're half asleep, and you just kind of stumble back and do what you're you've done all your life or whatever. Yeah, um, yeah I, I thought that was. The and then her, what the hell are you doing in my room? Is is like, oh yeah, it's not my room anymore, is it? <laughs> yeah, Oops, it's, it's my room. What do you mean? Oh. Oh, yeah, and, and that was very believable that that would happen. And then we get to one of my favorite lines in this whole story um, when Ginny says, I don't see him when I hold my amulet, Harry. Oh, I loved that line. <laughs> yeah. The amulets are a very interesting plot device. Uh, it, was, it was weird how she lied previously and said she didn't really think of Harry when she was holding it, but she really did. Yeah. 
And and we got a glimpse of that when Katie was telling Ginny about Draco in um, in the maze because when she held it, she saw Harry in the bathroom, and that's how she knew where he was. Yeah, and, and it, I don't think that I caught that the first. I mean, this time I did because I knew what was going to happen. But the first time I read that, I don't think I even caught that though. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I did, but I don't know if I did it on the reread or, or the first one. I can't remember, but I I remember thinking that. Oh, that's how she knew. I I'm not sure I caught it when I read it the first time, but I caught I, I thought about it later. Is it? Oh, that's how she knew he was in the bathroom. She was holding the amulet. Yeah, she was holding the amulet. I like this whole scene between Harry and Ginny. I like when he starts telling her about his other life and the whole way it unfolded. Um. Mm-hmm. I, I enjoyed that scene. And they yeah, go he, back to my other favorite line was the James and Lily line about um, if Snape if, had died. It, if he had died, it would have made, made you sad. Yeah, I was like, oh, I love that. That line actually has stayed with me through years and hundreds and hundreds of fix. Yeah, it, it, it was good. It was really good. And so I liked mm-hmm. how it was kind of carried forth here. Exactly. It doesn't quite work the same way, but but no, no, but I liked it anyway, and I liked the whole scene between them. Well, the thing but is, I, I find it amusing point. how like Voldemort's whole web is completely dependent on teenage hormones. It's just it kind of <laughs> cracks me up. <laughs> yeah, sorry, Death, I, I interrupted you. What were you going right. to say? One of the things I like about that line is Harry says it at one point, and it's in front of Snape, and Snape is just looking at him with this completely <laughs> unreadable expression on his face. Uh, yeah. But the thing was, I mean, that was a funny scene. It was really funny. But how did Snape know that James said that about about him to Lily, though? Because he didn't overhear that in the original scene. Uh, I, I mean, it worked great for humor's sake, but it didn't really because he didn't. He he it didn't. That's not how it happened. Plot hole. <laughs> <laughs> Well, to be fair, there is a lot going on in this story to keep track of. But yes. and at the same time, a lullaby. I've got this little note here in my thing. It says, I'll sing you a lullaby in quotation mark. And then I just wrote, please. Yeah, well, Harry is like multilingual here. He speaks Yiddish. He speaks Gaelic. He speaks, you know, so... I did love, I mean, Ron was truly Ron in this scene, waking up, hanging him up by his ankle. (laughs) Levicorpus? Did he use Levicorpus? No, he just held him because he's a werewolf now. So he just grabbed his ankle and held him him up. (laughs) And he's just holding him there. And Harry's like, I'm not, first he just woke him up early. And Harry's like, well, I'm not going for a run. It's it's only 7 a.m. and I was up till 5. And then Ron grabs him by the ankle and says, explain to me why you didn't get to sleep till 5. And I just came out of Ginny's room. And she said the same thing. And it was like, "Uh (laughs) uh-oh. Him dangling there. I can just picture it in my head, swatting at Ron. And Ron's just holding him up in the air by his ankle and the twins are glaring at him. It was just well, this same line coming from Harry, who calls Draco at eight in the morning. And yeah. It's like, why aren't you awake? <laughs> Let's go running, you know? Uh, yeah, funny stuff. I, funny. I, I just. It's humorous with the added bit of Ron being so strong he can hold up Harry by one ankle now. But I'm getting very, very tired of how dare you look at my sister? How dare you breathe the same air as her? It's <laughs> yeah, it's too much. Cool. I'm well, tired. Then Harry does kind of call him. It's like I thought Ginny actually calls them on it. Like I thought you would have been happy since you don't like me with Draco. Yeah. What's up with well, that? Don't, and, and he's like, I just want the truth. And she's like, No, you don't. She says, You don't want the truth because. Because it's boring and mundane, and and she just, I like Ginny very much laid into them in this chapter, so I did enjoy it. And then next, they head to the Quidditch match, 
but I got a kick out of this because Harry got in trouble for being Harry because they didn't believe he was Harry. It just cracked me up. He's like, he's always yeah. in trouble something at this time. He's in trouble for impersonating himself when they don't believe he's himself. <laughs> all, he has to do, all he has to do is lift up his bags. <laughs> Well, that was it. They saw his scar and they thought he was faking. They, like, yeah. they, 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 the guy even came over and started poking at his scar. And he's like, what are you doing? He's like, what, you think you could just walk in here, pretend you're Harry Potter? Okay, I am Harry Potter. And they didn't believe him. Good grief. Like his picture <laughs> hasn't been splashed across the front page of the Daily Prophet for the past seven years. Well, we've, we've shown the auras aren't all that bright in this one, right? They really aren't. They Further just, proof. Yeah, not very. And, well, and Bagman comes in and says, Oh, Mr. Bagman, do you know Harry Potter personally? <laughs> of course I do. Correct. I know anyone worth knowing, right, Harry? <laughs> uh, well, the thing is, the Aurors have to be dumb because Voldemort recruits the best and brightest. <laughs> He does. He recruits prefects, head boys, you know, people who get more than 10 owls. He doesn't like yeah. dumb Death Eaters, which leaves all the dumb people to become horrors. <laughs> like okay. Frank Longbottom, for that matter. Yeah, how, many owls did, how many owls did Frank get? I wonder. I don't know. Google. <laughs> <laughs> did they have Google at this point? <laughs> Uh, what else? What do you think of the idea of Harry trying out for the Welch team and Ron trying out for the English team in Quidditch? I think, yeah, I think it's funny that they're going to be against each other. Uh, and, and that they, I like the idea that they're both getting a chance to try out and that they're both going for different teams. Yeah, uh, in a reality sense, I think it's a bit of a stretch, but in a fun sense, I, I liked it. I liked the whole, the, the whole thing. And then Harry being, having a Welch birth certificate yeah. so that he was able to right. trying out Welch team. And then they're being on opposite sides. I liked the whole setup of this. Just refresh my memory. What position is Ron trying out for? I believe he was a chaser. Why couldn't they try out for the same team? Because Harry was had a Welsh birth certificate and Ron had an English one. Right. And I, I think that each And the, they each each needed one player. Yeah, they each needed somebody. Uh, uh, but I would imagine like in Quidditch, there's gotta be a lot of people to pick from that want to be part of this team that they don't have to pick high school kids. But besides that, I I liked the whole setup of it. So I Well the, you gotta consider that this is Harry Potter, the youngest seeker in a century. Uh, I don't know what the excuse is for Ron, except for maybe being a werewolf would be a good thing, but... Yeah, but they don't know that he's a werewolf. Oh, they don't? I thought they did. I thought they had to. I, I thought it was like uh, mandatory disclosure. Ahead of ourselves. What was Ron that? That, that does know. come into play later, but we're getting ahead of ourselves with that. Oh, it yeah. does. Okay. At this point now, they don't know. Okay. It just seems like full disclosure would require that, you know? Yeah, you think? Well, yeah, and, and Ron does. Ron gives them all the, um, I guess Madame Pomfrey sends the medical records and stuff, but they neglect to read it or something. Oh, jeez. So, as far as Ron knows, they know he's a werewolf. Hope he doesn't make any offhand comment. Well, well. Yes. <laughs> this is Ron. Would you honestly think he'd do something like that? No, he would never do something <laughs> like that. Never, ever. Um, right, then we move on to Chapter 9, Cathedral, where um, Buttercup is there back in Times of Good of Intentions when Harry went to Azkaban. Buttercup. Buttercup was one in, he sang Rogers and Hammerstein songs in the cell across from him, drove Harry crazy. So he enters, he, he, he's a groomsman in this wedding, and there's Buttercup. He happens to be Roger's cousin, and he's singing Roger's and Hammerstein songs. <laughs> it's nice. I like the uh, the bringing in of elements within the story. 
I think it's good when authors work with the elements they've introduced. It's it's humorous. I don't remember if it necessarily goes anywhere, but it's good for a laugh. What's well, Aspic? Aspic? They, they had that big dinner Aspic. there, and Harry didn't like Aspic, and I could just picture him like he had it in his mouth and he wanted to fit it in his napkin, but he knew it wasn't good, and I was laughing at it, but I was like, I don't think I know what Aspic is. Google it. I think, I'm not positive about this, but I think it's a jello mold that has like green olives in it and things Ew. like that. I don't think Ew. I like it there. I'm not positive. But. Why would you eat something that looked like that? I don't know, but I remember it being at many a family function. Is a dish in which ingredients are set into a gelatin made from meat stock or consomme. It is also known as cabaret. Yeah, it's got like tomatoes or, or peppers in it. It looks like, I know my family always Oh my god, it looks disgusting. Why would you even take that? I wouldn't even have taken a bite, uh-uh. Uh, yeah. There, there are certain things you just look at them and you know, yeah, not worth trying. <laughs> Like but it's head pretty, cheese. You know, they can they can set it up in that jello mold and make it look really cool. But I agree. It's not something that I like. Poor Harry. You can just see him and, and he's trying to swallow it and he's gagging. <laughs> I know, he's such I can picture my kids this way and just definitely just want this out of my mouth. And Your kids. I can like, picture I me this way. <laughs> what are you talking about? <laughs> It cracked me up. I like the scene, but I'm looking at this aspect up here, and it's really it's revolting. But, you know, you, he's a wizard. You think he could just, like, banish it? He's a wash going underneath the table. And he could, but he needs to speak the words to the spell. Oh, and he can do silent magic. He can do wandless magic. I don't think he can do silent magic. Yeah, probably not. But, you know, knowing Harry, he'd probably vanish his tongue along with it, and then he'd really be in trouble. <laughs> Very true. What else? It- I like that. that he doesn't, his initial uh, thought of being Buttercup is that this person was an Azkaban, and so he shouldn't be here, this is very bad. And then him thinking, well, you know, it's a different alternate universe at this point, so maybe he isn't so bad and kind of has to wrestle with himself about it. And then he has to think, you know, I don't know why he was there in the first place. And he wrestles with himself that way, too. So I kind of like having Buttercup added to the story here, because it really gives Harry a lot to wrestle with. Is the alternate universe real or not i liked when We're not start this again, right? <laughs> well no it's harry he's wondering did what happened over there was it real yeah does it, how much does it follow through depends when buttercup committed the crime that he committed to be in there although the crime would have to take place after the divergence because he was serving a life sentence wasn't he i believe so yeah because if he was in solitary he had to he was in the same area as harry yeah yeah. So what did you first I liked when the whole setup where Hermione was questioning why Harry doesn't like this guy and he was kind of like he told her a little bit about the timeline but not the whole story but he was talking mm-hmm. mostly about Buttercup and she's like but I thought like the Dementors suck all the happiness out of her place why was he singing why was he so happy singing then and and then Harry's response was well who says he liked Roger <laughs> which i thought was pretty funny it is it's hilarious i mean nothing could be worse than having to sing songs you hate over and over and over 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 your head but still you'd think that he could find something else he hated to switch to for variety you know maybe he knows a good polka oh god i just scared myself (laughs) stuck in azkaban and all you have is memories of polka Wow, okay. <laughs> You're going to have nightmares tonight, I can tell. Uh, uh, 
Thankfully, I don't dream, so... At least you don't remember, right? Thank you. I was about to add that caveat there. At the end of this chapter, we have Fleur arriving in full Vila form. I liked uh, that the whole section, though. You didn't like that, Mike? Uh, Death? I'm going to take offense to that. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. <laughs> I, like, Shit. Oh. Uh, <laughs> I like her. Yeah, my, my notes say something about um, Fleur has arrived, and she's not happy. <laughs> No, not at all. Dragon wing back and the fireball coming out of her hand, the windstorm coming up. I like the dramatic entrance. It's like ultimate diva. Yeah. yeah. Well, she, it, it's go ahead. go ahead. She just really, you know, she gave us off the wedding and, and she was going to do it any way she could, even if he was maybe a little late or whatever. But yeah, well, um, she's late, too late to stop it. So she's got to kill the bride now, right? Right. Yeah. She's going to go after her. And yeah, she's just not a happy camper. <laughs> and I got to fireball. But she doesn't say anything. She just keeps whipping fireballs at everybody without ever saying a word although then roger is definitely defending her not like at first you're not even harry's not sure if he's defending alicia or fleur but it's definitely fleur that he's that he's trying to protect right and ron and uh remus go out and try to talk to her and they both she just vanishes them and they fly forever yeah Yeah. it's not like a a simple little oh she flew 20 feet or he flew 20 feet these guys are going out into the field and to be able to do that to ron who said all the werewolf power there's a lot of power behind her right there yeah she's she's angry. Well, what I find interesting about it is she's taking on full Vila form, but she's only about a quarter Vila herself. Right. I, I just think it's very interesting. I, I've seen it before that Fleur can take on this form, but and it probably stems from this fic right here, but she's only got a quarter of Vila blood and she's able to call upon the powers. It just makes you wonder, okay, what does a real Vila look like? But it yeah. doesn't, I mean, there's nothing that says that just because she's only a quarter Vila that she's not a Vila. Do you know what I mean? Like if it's part of your, like a person who only has a quarter, like say African-American blood could still look like an African-American. Very yeah, true. true. So there's no saying that just be, that she doesn't take on the, the Vila form. So she banished everybody that's gone out after her, and Harry goes out and protects Ginny and ends up getting hit by one of these firebombs and is in so much pain that he has to actually leave his body, which he's gotten very good at, so he doesn't have to feel the pain. And Draco comes after her and fires off the curse. And I can't remember. Who is he saving, Harry or Ginny? More than, yeah, it's hard to know. Mm. Oh, I, I just answered my own question. I clicked to the beginning of chapter 10. Harry shouted in Hermione's ear, hoping she would be able to hear him. What's going on? She's only one quarter Vila. And Hermione replies, what do you mean, Harry? She's not just part Vila. She's a witch, a very powerful witch who's part magical creature. And Vilas are obsessed with vengeance when they believe they've been wronged. Her emotions are augmenting both her magical powers and her Vila powers. <laughs> there you go. There you Hermione go, Hermione. Thanks, <laughs> Good grief. And she loves when she gets to tell us, though. <laughs> yes. Yes, she does. She looked it up in the library. <laughs> well, you know, somebody's got to know these things. Very true. Dumbledore's not here, right? <laughs> yeah, no Dumbledore. He had to leave. 
I, I got a kick out of like, so they called the ambulance and the ambulance just, it just seems so muggle to me. It's like, I don't know, like an ambulance. Medical ambulance. Is there an ambulance in a medical, in the wizarding world? <laughs> it just seems like they would apparate you, satellite yeah. apparition to St. Mungo's. Whoever needs to just take you there. Quit, you know, yeah, or exactly. Or or something. Although, I don't know. As hurt as he is, maybe they're afraid. To, but you could move him without. You could levy corpus him and and move him that way and stuff. Yeah, the ambulance is kind of weird. Yeah, petrify the body so that broken parts don't continue to move right. and mobile corpus. Wave yeah. your wand and send him through the flu. There you go. Although the spinning, I don't know if that would be good. Well, sure. You do have to get out at the right exit. They do say that. So that. I mean, it's work, just but... you can side along and like, boom, it's in a second and you're there. So think yeah. about side along. I, I, I used to see it in fix all the time before it was official and it used to bother the hell out of me. It's like, you can't take somebody else with you. And then Joe wrote it. It's like, <laughs> oh, I guess you can. It's just a spite <laughs> you. Ha ha. Yeah, you can. <laughs> Then we were in the hospital. This was the part where, like, all that information about Draco's cousin Nita came out. But I just, like I said, I, I didn't really, too many OCs at that point. There were so many names that I was just, like, trying to remember, like, Orion. And uh, I don't know. There was a whole bunch of them. So I was like, enough, enough, enough. Enough is enough, yeah. yeah. I think that's one of the things that made me not finish this fic, is I just get way too lost with all the names and the subplots dealing with those names that didn't really matter at all. And then the lousy prophecy itself. <laughs> oh, yeah. We didn't talk about the, the daughter of war that they now think is Annie Weasley. That's like... I don't know. I figured out back yeah. in Psychic Serpent who the daughter of war was, but they're they're still working on it. Yeah, You're well, I smarter than d- they are. <laughs> yes, we, we have the yeah, benefit of the that they don't have to, Yeah. Well, I yeah. don't really. I've said it before on these podcasts. I don't pay attention at all to the prophecy in a story because I know that they'll figure it out and everything will be happy and Harry and Ginny will have lots of babies and that's fine. But oh. I don't. I don't care about <laughs> prophecies. I really don't. And if it weren't for the fact that I have to deal with one, I wouldn't be having one in my own story. That's how strongly I dislike prophecies. Yeah. So they, what did you think about Draco using the Harakiri on Fleur? Interesting. Yeah, yeah and then the, the guilt that he was obviously feeling after when they had found out that she was pregnant. Uh, I like that story. I did. I liked. I, I was like. I, I liked the the reaction of Draco. Right, it then. works in a storytelling perspective, but what do you think that they're real? That this happens in the real world? It. I don't like it anymore. Yeah, it's a very. Um, when I was first reading it, I thought, well, that's a really interesting idea that she came up with. You know, you don't see, I don't see a lot of, of uh, different ideas like that that come out. And that part was really interesting. But now when you tie it into real life, that does make it really iffy. Mm-hmm. And I remember that story. I heard that story as well. So either it happened here too, or the news carried it from there. It's pretty horrific, I imagine. They would have carried it nationally. Yeah. Good news about that, though. There is good news in it. The baby lived and is doing pretty well from all accounts. So at least there's that. Mm-hmm. Thank God. Okay, moving on. Sorry. <laughs> it ends, this chapter ends with Rodney Jeffries returning, coming into Harry's room and curing, healing his back. Yeah. And that's where we end as Harry wakes up and finds the note left by Rodney that he disappeared after um, after the, the tent show that, that Harry had gone to, but that he can't, he doesn't want to hide 
this this ability that he has. So you you just you get the feeling. Okay, we're going to be hearing more from from Jeffries. From Jeffries, yeah, something he else to heal. You happened. and I like that he came in and healed him. I I love that Harry's asleep or um, he's not really asleep, but he kind of says come in and and he's not looking. He's reading a book and all he hears from behind him because he doesn't turn around because he's you know on his stomach can't move very well is please and then his head feels like he's going to explode and light flashes behind his eyelids and then he's kind of healed and he wakes up and he's thinking to himself that really didn't happen yeah because he remembers standing naked in the rain (laughs) (laughs) he's always Uh, naked in this one harry has to be naked at least once every (laughs) chapter well you know that great visual harry in the rain <laughs> and uh, then I, I liked when when Ron and Hermione comes in, and here's Harry. He just had a huge fireball hurled to the back, and what does Hermione do? But wraps her arms around him to hug him that she's happy. Oh. And what did Harry say something? He didn't even know that that sound that he made when she did that came from him. I'm like, ouch! <laughs> that was pretty, but it was typical Hermione. I thought it was funny because she's very huggy. Yeah, yeah she, she should have been a Hufflepuff. There you go. She is a Hufflepuff in some stories. <laughs> that was funny. <laughs> Don't set me up for these things then. Good grief. Oh, and she, she was very happy as a Hufflepuff, I will say that. We are a happy bunch. We generally are. Some of us have darker sides than the others, but we're happy. Yes. So. Okay. Hey, dear. Anything else you want to say about this? Well, let me check my notes. Uh <laughs> <laughs> no, no I, I got I got nothing. So yeah, this you know a lot happens during these first ten chapters. That you, we're going here and there and everywhere, and there's lots of uh, you know we're finding Maggie and we're going to the castle and we're finding out about Jeffries and continues that magic and it's very fast and there's a lot going on and so it's going to be interesting to see how all of these threads get settled and now there's good silence. I thought you were continue. Uh, I, I, you faded <laughs> on me again, so I couldn't. Comp- Completely. Can you can you say that again? The, it went everywhere. All these different things happen, and I'm very interested to seeing next time how she pulls all these threads together and makes sense of where everything is because there's a lot of different things going on at right now. And so, oh yeah, there's a ton of open threads in this one. Yeah, where she's going to go with them all? Yeah. Well, I've really enjoyed reading these chapters. <laughs> <laughs> I look forward to seeing where Barb goes with these. I look forward to reading the next set of chapters, which I will actually try to read, and I'll try to read these ones too. Um, most of all, I actually do look forward to finishing this story because I have never finished it, and I look forward to seeing how everything plays out. Yeah. I liked, like I said, I, I like this particular, the, 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 the seventh year story. Um, in particular, the beginning of it, because it was just so much real life that if, I mean, we, we went on Harry's road trip and then we did the wedding and all that kind of stuff that was just kind of normal life stuff. Do you know what I mean? Obviously, there's a lot of other things happening, but it was, I, I enjoyed it. It was it was a fun to peek at, at, at Harry this way. Yeah, it'll be interesting to, well, see next week when see exactly what happens. Yep. Okay. And that wraps up for tonight. Good night, everybody. Good night. Bye. So hold on to the wonder that those books brought to our lives. Keep each other safe. Keep faith. Good night.
I think we did really well for just having the three of us. Well, yeah. two and a half, because yeah, I wasn't we, here half of it. Considering <laughs> I hadn't read the chapter, so I only count as half a podcaster anyway. So we had two people tonight. You were fine. You did fine. I wouldn't have yeah. done nearly so well without the both of you. Oh, see, so you are a Hufflepuff. I'm a Slitherpuff. <laughs> <laughs> Did we lose you there, Scott? I think he fell. It's not a helpful no podcast when my headset falls off. <laughs> <laughs> We're gonna try this again. Don't touch. Don't touch the computer, soon. Don't touch Banging. the computer. I think it's all. Of, what the heck? No, it was me. It was me. Okay. Um, my my computer likes to highlight excessively. Sorry. Hmm. It, it likes to what? Whenever I go to scroll on my laptop with the touchpad, it likes to highlight all the text, and then I can't go anywhere. And so I have to, like, tap it. Sorry. Beat it up. That's why I have a mouse attached to my laptop. That hmm. would be helpful. I got a Hufflepuff hat. <laughs> Do you? Yep. I got it when I went to see Wompy. Am I surrounded by Hufflepuffs? You yes, are. Yes, you are. Yes, you are. Well, then are I'll you have used to, to that by now? Yeah. Yeah, it's going to be some um, spaz to Pittsburghers talking. Oh, great. I think I need more meds. Uh oh. Okay, what did I miss? <laughs> they're going to teach us a new language. Yet. Apparently, they're going to try to teach us to talk to Pittsburgh. Pittsburgh, you said it right. <laughs> Pittsburghese, man. We're going to yeah. go downtown, have some prannies, some naps, stuff in that. Uh huh. Oliver Scal's having problems. Sorry. Difficult. Yeah, it, it doesn't like that. It's also initiation. Everyone has to have technical difficulties. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, you know, we haven't, knock on wood, ever had trouble with this. Except for mine when everything crashed. Right. Which is why we so, have to redo this fic, because this is the one that it crashed on. Mm-hmm. Is that it? Yeah. I couldn't remember exactly. But yeah, and I thought you were there, but yeah. Trisha never put hers in, so because I wasn't invited to this one. No, no, we have your voice. How mm-hmm. can you? I You're there even, in the background even, of mine. Really? I don't even remember reading this one. You will once you get started. <laughs> what did you say, Trisha? <laughs> I said, can you say to me, I'll rub your head with mayonnaise. I'll rub your head with mayonnaise. Like, See, that's I it. sound like Barry White. We got it together, didn't we? I snort. She's starting already. Okay, so Scott, Kelly, Trisha, me... Heather. Um, T actually goes after S. Oh, well, I'm looking at MS Lupin, so. I'm Emma. Would you stop calling me MS Lupin? (laughs) 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 What is the pain, people? (laughs) Nope, I got everybody else calling you that, too. Oh, man. I know you do. She's contagious, what can we say? (laughs) (laughs) Apparently, I'm Jen, and I don't know my alphabet. (laughs) So, are we ready? Yes. Oh my gosh, this is so exciting! I just love this part.
Welcome to Peoncast, everyone. I'm Scott. I'm Kelly. I'm Sue. I'm Trisha. And this is Oliver Scott. And this week we'll be covering Forever, which is number six in the F-Word series by Antasha, and comes not quite directly after First, which we covered last week. Yes. You're not going to hear very much of me. As you can hear, I have a cold, so I'm just going to be in the background here. So this... Go ahead. Where would you like to start, Sue? <laughs> well, let's start at the beginning. That would be awesome! <laughs> so we're starting this with Harry looking at his watch, which belonged to Fabian Pruitt, and he's looking around Professor Slughorn's crowded room, because it's apparently Valentine's Day, and Slughorn is having a Valentine's party. Slughorn is the new Lockhart. He is. That's so cute. <laughs> I like Sluggy. Yes. He's apparently talking to Luna at this point and expresses sympathy that Dean can't be there because they seem to have been drifting apart a little bit in the last few days. Days? But I thought first was right before the start of, like, September 1st, and this is now February. That's true. You have a point. (laughs) Okay, so it's not very close at all. (laughs) Yeah, it is St. Valentine's Day. Mm Mm-hmm. And it has been, in our defense, months since we recorded first. Mm-hmm. The part I didn't mention on the intro is that this is the second time recording this one, because the first one sort of fell to pieces. And we do have tracks from Sue and I, but even though I'm sure we had some wonderful points, a two-person podcast just wouldn't be as fun. So. No. Especially when there's a lot of like blank gaps in between. Yeah, you can only listen to blah, 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 so many times. Right. Mm-hmm. I could replace the other people with characters from the Potter musical or something. I don't know. That'd be cute. That would be fun. But probably make no sense. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Anyhow, Luna's just so, like, when's St. Valentine's Day? I love Luna. Today. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Um, today. Mm-hmm. <laughs> And he indicates the heart-shaped decorations around the room, and she looks up at the hearts that are, like, directly above them and says, Well, at least we don't need to worry about nargles. And he says, yeah. Last one was a Christmas party with mistletoe. Oh, Sanguini's there again. That's fun. I I love his large red heart pinned festively to his lapel. It's like, (laughs) really? (laughs) Why does a vampire have a heart pinned in his jacket? That is kind of ironic, isn't it? I'm sure Slughorn made him. Yeah, probably talked him into it. I just like the word. He, he's carrying a drink, a goblet. Harry hopes it's wine. <laughs> like, hello, vampire. I never drink wine. <laughs> so... Luna doesn't appear too upset that Dean didn't do anything for Valentine's Day, but she wonders if Harry did anything for Ginny, and he has a plan. Dun, yes. Dun, dun. <laughs> he says, stick around and you'll see, and I love her. Oh, how nice. It must not be anything sexual then, because I know you're very shy about that. Oh, Luna. <laughs> and he wants to fall onto the floor. Yeah. But, uh... I just wanted him to spit out like his wine or whatever he was drinking. I don't know why I just pictured that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I can see that. <laughs> but she changes the subject. Ginny played very well today. Harry's standing there stunned, and she goes on to talk about Quidditch. Yeah. Well, that's typical Luna. Luna likes to do those left-hand turns without any warning at all. So 
I think that's why I love reading about Luna. She just does that, and it's just too cute. No, I love how she goes on about how much she's been a Harpies fan. And it's like, since when have you been a Quidditch fan? <laughs> mm-hmm. She recognizes the move that Gwyneth Jones does with her hands. And Harry's yeah. just astonished. Mm-hmm. Well, she did do the commentary once, so, you know. But she was talking about clouds, though, when she was doing commentaries. It's true, yes. Well. It was an off day. She was sick. <laughs> she was Kelly. Thanks. <laughs> Come here so I can breathe on you, okay? Oh, no, now, I got that. I've had enough of it around me. Yeah. So, um, Neville bustles up. I love that. Bustled up. Holding two glasses. Hey guys, um, have you seen Hannah? And Harry's like, uh, no, I thought you came with Susan. Yeah. Neville ducked his head. But, um, see, Hannah asked me too, so. It turns out he came with. (laughs) Not so smooth. Yeah, he's He's smooth until he gets caught. (laughs) Yeah, he's a true Gryffindor, right there. You take on two women, and both of them being Hufflepuffs. Yeah, honey, you take them on. And I love Luna. Luna's like, oh, how lovely. And Harry's laughing and saying, "Are they aware that you brought both of them?" (laughs) Devil's like, no, not really. Not exactly. And can you just see Harry just shaking his head? Just oh, going, yeah. oh my god. Mm-hmm. And he turns around and, oh look, they're waving, they're standing together, and they're glaring at Neville. Hmm. Yeah. <laughs> and now oh, he knows he's in trouble. <laughs> Oops. Harry says, that's not going to end well. <laughs> and Luna doesn't understand why. And she says, well, you brought me and Ginny. And he's like, but but, but that's different. <laughs> well, I only brought you because Dean couldn't come. And, and Ginny and I thought that you wouldn't have as good a time if you were here alone. And, and so we brought you, and Luna says, as friends. Because that's what counts to Luna, as friends. Yeah. Okay, this is going to be my stupidity. What the heck is the sternum? Missing Dean's sternum? Sternum is your breastbone. It's- yeah, I understand that, but. Why the heck is she She's going on with the being though? able to lean against his chest? Ah, missing his bod. She has a fascination with his sternum, right? And okay. it seems to me Kayla did not know what a sternum was and had to actually Google it because she right. was thinking lower. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, Kayla. Love ya. <laughs> This you, Kayla. (laughs) Yeah, I just was kind of like, Mrs. Chess, but sternum, they kind of threw me back. I'm like, okay. It's a lunism. Yeah, it is. She's almost using it as a metaphor. Yeah. Yeah. I guess he's got a commission, and he's spending a lot of time on that, and doesn't seem to be connecting with her as well. I like Rolf's introduction. It's just... Yeah. He doesn't seem to be terribly interested in anything else. Not sex or snorkax, even. Sex and snorkax? Two of my favorite subjects. (laughs) 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 I'm not entirely sure what he sounds like, but something like that. 
Yeah. You'd almost give him a, a nasally voice, a nasal tenor. That mm-hmm. sounds like a roll. Yeah, he's a lot more of a tenor than I am. But she turns around and starts eyeing him, and they exchange facts about Snorkax. This just ended up being perfect, because I've always wondered how in the world they got together. And I just, I started laughing. And I'm like, oh my gosh, this is perfect. Snorkax. <laughs> They're oviparous. <laughs> yep. I wonder if they're named Elven Dork. <laughs> <laughs> you never know. <laughs> but yes, this Rolf is very much like a younger version of Zeno in right. some ways. In a lot of ways. And I love how she introduces herself. She holds out a trembling hand. I'm Luna Lovegood, and I've got a boyfriend. <laughs> <laughs> and I love it how he's like, Harry Potter Hugh. Yeah. <laughs> oh, right, that Harry. Yes, okay, right. Sorry, it was off, you know. I don't know what's going on. I know I'm supposed to know you. You must be famous because you're at this party, but um, who are you again? Yeah. Harry's like, oh my god, thank god. Yeah, yeah Harry loves to not be recognized, so that's cool. Mm-hmm. And so we find out that Rolf and his father are out on an expedition, and I'm not even going to attempt to say what it is. The Scamander Arctic Thomazoological Survey. There you go. I knew I was going to get the zoological part in there at all. <laughs> Thoma being a prefix that means magic, which is interesting. Yeah. Thaumaturgy is another word for certain kinds of magic or something like that. So. Cool. Look at you! <laughs> <laughs> what can I say? I read a lot. <laughs> <laughs> I do a lot of math. Wouldn't have known that. Anywhere. <laughs> nope. I'm with you. And it turns out he's friends with Charlie, which is kind of fun. You can see that sort of working. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Plus, it kind of gives him an age, I think. Yeah. Mm-hmm. He's almost a generation older than Luna, but not quite. He's sort of half a generation. It depends yeah. on which timeline you accept for the Weasley brothers, too, but sure. I don't know. Yeah. And I like that he's kind of introduced Weasley related to Charlie. One of my best friends, may I ask? And Luna just totally throws him off. I'm thirsty. Would you get me a drink? (laughs) (laughs) So very She's like, you're coming with me, and I don't care. (laughs) But I love it when he was talking about the book, and her voice went like an octopire when she talks about fantastic beasts and where to find them. I feel like that's almost a Hermione Mm -hmm. thing. Luna being a fangirl. Well, she is a Ravenclaw, so she needs to have her Mm -hmm. books. Nothing wrong with that. No. But yes. You don't see Luna getting worked up about things very often, so it's fun when she does. Right. And I like how she asks if they've been able to find the Crumplehorn Snorkax. And he says, alas, no, Crumplehorn Snorkax seem to be a myth, but there's a lot of the Great Horn variety. Mm-hmm. And you're like, oh, wow, there really are. You know, there you really know, are Snorkax, just not those ones. Yeah. So... Rolf and Luna have paraded off, or rather, Luna has dragged Rolf off to the punch table, and Ginny manages to find Harry at that point. Yes, with the Joneses in tow. Okay, I got a question. When did Gwenlock Jones have missing teeth? I totally missed that. I didn't know her teeth were her famously missing teeth. I don't know if we know much about her, really, but if anywhere, that'd probably be in the Quidditch book. Okay. Yeah. Or her card. It probably refers to a gap-toothed smile. Uh, okay. 
When was that? I have no idea. Hmm. Hey, we'll go with that. She's a famous hockey player, and so <laughs> hockey. Uh, well, Hockey? Yeah. yeah, famous hockey player. That's, that's that pretty close, you know. Okay, <laughs> oh. my, my meds have kicked in, I can tell. <laughs> that's my cat who's the famous hockey player, not going on Joe. <laughs> oh, okay. Uh, Quidditch player? Wait, 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 wait. Your cat's name? <laughs> oh, you're Flurry, right? Yeah, yeah, my cat's name is Flurry. Did you know that my nephew's dog's name is Barkley? <laughs> Named after the hockey player Barkley. <laughs> oh boy, almost even fits. <laughs> yeah, but I called my kitty Fleur too, because she is a Miss Pris, just like the Harry Potter. So there you go. You get two references in one. I know. That's what I. Did. I was excited. <laughs> so it turns out Ginny's been keeping up with the Joneses, and. She thinks that he has arranged something because they've offered her a place on the tryouts. And she doesn't believe she could possibly have been good enough to get that just on what she just played. Right. She's been hanging with the twins, man. She's suspicious of everything. Mm-hmm. Well, she well, thinks Harry has set this up. And so she's a little miffed at him. Well, kind of a lot miffed at him for having mm-hmm. set this up. And he doesn't know what she's talking about. And she says... No flowers, no card. I know you didn't forget that it was Valentine's Day. So this must have been what you set up. And mm-hmm. he's looking at his watch going, uh, five more minutes? It'll be here in five more minutes? Mm-hmm. She's now accused him of setting up the meeting between Gwenog Jones and herself. Mm-hmm. And he's saying, no, that's not what this was. And now she's going, I think I need to sit down. <laughs> Just a little thing. It's just kind of hitting her, like one of those things after you meet someone and you take your step back and you start thinking about all the things that you're saying and you're like, oh my God, I just sounded like a complete idiot. Well, they asked Mm -hmm. her to try out and Mm -hmm. Jenny thought that's what the setup was. Oh, Harry asked them to ask me to try out. And it's like, no, that's not what he did. You did that on your own. Yeah. Well, I feel sheepish. She, I would, that would make me a little jelly on the inside, too. So I mean, this is one of her personal heroes, too. Oh, yeah. And to have that person think that you're good enough to try out, that would really give you pause. Mm-hmm. So she doesn't quite manage to sit down when Harry's present arrives. <laughs> he tugs him. <laughs> Speaking of Lockhart, as we were earlier, <laughs> I completely forgot this when I made that comment, actually, but yeah. <laughs> It's, it's the Cuban. same dwarf from however many years earlier at this uh, point, and he's brought her a singing valentine. Mm. It could have been six years earlier. Yeah, something about that. Yeah, six and a half, seven. How about that? Yeah. But I love it. Is this her boss? <laughs> Looks familiar, he says, which is how you know it's the same dwarf. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's cute. Oh, the way he says her name. Geneva. <laughs> <laughs> Geneva. At least he didn't say wheezy. That's true. That's the house elves. And then he does the poem. Who wants to read the poem? Your eyes are bright as a thousand one spell. As a chase to your best easily. You're simply divine. Oh, will you be mine now and forever, Jenny Beasley? Oh. <laughs> And they have their reflection of the Ron Hermione kitchen moment. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. 
What I like is that he thought this was a really great idea until moments before it was time for it to happen. And then he was like, oh, crap, Mm -hmm. this wasn't a very good idea. And now he's just kind of waiting to see, was this a good idea or am I going to be in really big trouble? Mm-hmm. When I was reading how her reaction was and kissing and stuff like that and everybody cheering and stuff, I'm like, did he just propose to her and he didn't know it? And I'm thinking, oh, poor Harry, he didn't realize he did this. <laughs> and I'm just thinking, oh, God, help us all. Yeah, I thought that too. <laughs> well, he didn't really propose to her, but he did use the F word. Mm-hmm. Forever. So... <laughs> I like the dwarf's name is Tim, and uh, he says, "Eh, no problem. Pays well, even if you don't write any better than she did. At least I didn't have to tackle anyone this time." Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> At least I didn't have to tackle no one. <laughs> Harry blunts out, "Sorry about that." <laughs> well, it's you'll notice that Jenny knew what his name was. Harry was still a little bit too befuddled to realize anything at that point. Yeah. She looks yeah. down and says, "Thanks, Tim." And Slughorn comes and saves the day by taking the dwarf off to get him some fire whiskey. Because apparently singing is dry work. Yes. Mm -hmm. It dries out your throat. (laughs) Slughorn knows some people among the dwarves. Who doesn't he know? I know Slughorn knows everybody. Mm -hmm. And Luna thinks it was lovely. And Hannah and Susan are dragging Neville around now. (laughs) They have a little bit of a Huddle with Ginny. Little girl huddle. Mm-hmm. Why did he have to travel in packs? Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, Rob. <laughs> yeah. But Ginny thinks it was perfect, even though it was silly. It is. It's just sweet. The guy needs to make a fool of himself every once in a while for the girl. Yeah. And they have another one of the very nice endings. She goes, if you're going to start throwing the words like forever, she whispers. She didn't seem to be laughing anymore. You had better bloody well mean them. I do, he whispered back. I do. I'm like, (gasps) (laughs) that's the end. Aww. I loved her little rant with all the bloodiness. That was just funny. I counted that. It was like 30 bloodies. Was there 30 bloodies? Yeah. She was a little upset during that rant. Oh, but I like Jenny upset. Yeah, she did that really well. But <laughs> yeah, that's it. He's used the forever word and the next and the F words. I love the way that these all go together. I'm really mm-hmm. enjoying this series a lot. He did really well at fitting them all into each other. And I think that all of them or most of them he got as prompts from other things. And he just sort of picked the ones that had words beginning with F in them and worked out a story that fit somewhere in the sequence. That's true. You guys all want to say how you felt about it? I like this story. I like this entire series. It's a lot of fun to read. Mm -hmm. He does really well with most of it. I just really, Luna's just been, this is just so Luna. I don't get to see too much of Luna, and it's just her quick wit and the offhand comments. It even throws me for a loop. I just love it. (laughs) Yep. (laughs) That's all you're going to say? Yep. Yep. I think I like Family the best. I think that one's rather funny, but this one's definitely right up there. Have you just I, read the ones up to this one, or have you read all of them? So no, I've read all of them, even through the new one that he just released, Folly 3. But I think the Folly one's definitely, that's more of like a chapter one. 
it's been longer. I like that they're all kind of individually packaged so that they can stand on their own, but you need them all to kind of get a lot of the inside jokes. And I think as a series as a whole, it's definitely been one that I've liked post Half-Blood Prince. So I definitely enjoy them, and I think he's a great writer, and I'm impressed that a guy can write that fluffy. So, you know. Sue knows my mistake from my voicemail. So, <laughs> and that's why I was laughing. It's just kind of the assumption in the fandom that a lot of writers are women. So I give him a ton of credit. We did call him a woman in like the first two or three until we figured it out. So, right. Yeah. Yes, he's actually named after Anton Chekhov. At least that's ah. where he gets his name from. How I don't do you pronounce his What his name? actual name is, but we'll have to ask him that. It's either Antosha or Antosha, but I'm not sure which. Oh, that's kind of like me, Emma Sleepin. <laughs> but, but yeah. Wait, that's not your name? No, it's not. <laughs> it's Ms. Lupin. <laughs> I know, and you can reach out and slap me literally, so. <laughs> I'll figure out where you live. You're not that far. No, I kind of have a general idea of where you live, so. this is scary alright well this has been Peoncast and we hope you enjoyed the show good night everybody good night good night good night bye